Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. So uh, just got permission from Ed Davis just to let this thing roll. So Ed is the, uh, the guest today, episode 189 of the Galen Trombley Show. Um, I was telling Ed I ran into him about 18 times over the last two weeks. So, and I said, you know what? Ed seems like you'd be a, a good episode, a fun time. So we ended up uh, reaching out to him about 10 times. He just kept snubbing me with a spam folder. Um, no, just kidding. But he, he, he's here. He got it. Um, Ed, you are the COO. Right, chief operating you want me to officer. Say the whole thing, the chief yeah, operating yeah. officer, the sure. COO of Northern Insuring Agency in Plattsburgh, New York. You got it. Um, form and I don't want to give all. I'll, I'll let you tell your whole story here. Uh, but Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks. I, I have my cheat sheet here, so I know that you you're from Messina. That's about that's about the extent <laughs> going all the way back. So we keep going to Messina. Yep. He's he's a he's a dammer from the Potsdam um, community college. Community college. Potsdam. Potsdam State. Yeah. Every time I say. Potsdam State, I think Plattsburgh State, so I never say it correctly. But well, over there, we always say Potsdam instead of Plattsburgh. Potsdam State? Is it Potsdam, Potsdam State? Yeah. Potsdam State College. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Ed, tell us about who the heck you are, where you came from. You want me to go into you, that? You can go as far back. Yeah. Go to Messina. Go earlier. Give, well, give us the rundown. Who are boy, you? This is, this is uh, I can really go into a lot of detail <laughs> here. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm most of the people I know, I'm an open book. And um, so I was uh, born in Florida, Tampa, Florida, actually, and was adopted by my current parents at three days old. So um, don't remember that, but okay. whatever. Um, so we lived in Florida for a little while. I was a army brat, you know, lived in Germany and all that stuff. So um, moved back to Messina, New York, because that's where my family was from originally and moved there uh, went to school there played hockey lacrosse soccer um, and then moved to Plattsburgh in 2000 the end of 2000 I went to work for Northern in 1996 in their Messina branch so now we since moved to Potsdam okay so um, moved here in 2000 and never looked back so okay so go well, first off, have you ever met your real biological parents? So funny story. Like I said, we're going I, back to three days old now. So, we got so well, okay. So my dad. So the 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 real nuts and bolts of this story, literally. Um, so my dad was sixteen. My mom was fourteen. Wow. So when she had me, she was f- just barely fifteen years old. So they were also army brats down there. So cool. she put me up for adoption. So. Two, two years ago, uh, my wife got me an ancestry because I don't know my heritage and found that wow. out and found out of, you know, Scandinavian, German, and a little bit of Irish, Scotland and me. Um, and then all of a sudden, about maybe a year later, I got this notification from ancestry that somebody is a very high match. Yep. 
and could be a half-sister. And I was like, cool, okay. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, I see you still live in Florida. So I'm like, I was born in Tampa, have no idea who my parents are, wonder if you could help me. She writes back and she goes, yeah, no problem. And I'm thinking, (laughs) you're not looking at the same information I am, obviously. So then I let her know. I said, based on this scale, you're like my half-sister. Which most likely the same mother or father in that situation. Mother. Mother. So we found out mother. Um, And she said, oh, my God. She goes, my mom told me on my 21st birthday about you. Wow. So waited 21 years. You know, now she's... I don't know. Who, your mother, then? No, or well, biological mom? my half-sister. Okay. My biological mother, I don't know how old she is. She didn't want to talk to me. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame her. Well, I mean, I mean it's you, but yes, I'm I mean, yeah. besides that, but uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but it, it's really weird because I got this feeling like I don't know what I would say to her anyway. Yeah. You know, and it, I, it, not that I'm, a, I'm not angry. Yeah. It'd be awkward in I, a way. Um. So, but you couldn't track down your dad's side because she didn't. Well, I mean, obviously your mom would know, but yes, my mom would know, but they didn't. So, oddly enough, the story. So, I've talked to my half sister a number of times. Okay, Um, haven't met her yet, but talked to her a number of times. And I said, so why? Like, how did your mom, your dad? Now, who was that? And she goes, oh. So my dad started dating my mom, your mom, when she was pregnant with you. And I'm like, with somebody else? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, back in those days, that's unheard of. It really is. They ended up staying together. And he really? just had recently passed. But I, So okay. I told my wife about this. And, she, of course, Facebook stock. Boom. And she goes, I can already tell he is your father. The same guy? Or no. Guy? It, it was... Were you able to track down who you thought would be? No. But it was it was my mo- my biological mom's husband. But you look at younger pictures of him. She's like, that's obviously your father. She was wrong. It was my mom. We didn't know at that point. Yeah. So it was just really weird. And then, you know, she, so we've lived completely separate lives. Never knew each other. We're both EMTs. We were both volunteer, you know, ambulance uh, stuff. It was just really, really weird, the parallel. So she's younger than you. She's about uh, five to six years younger. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's, I, I think that's the, uh, like, I've done the ancestry thing, and I've had, you know, cousins. Yeah. And one of, um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off, off air, but so, someone that, we both know same thing was adopted did the test and he got the same thing but you know when you it, it i don't know what the scale is or the unit of measurement but what it would have been with the half sister yeah like the 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 numbers mm-hmm. but at a certain level it basically says like someone with this amount of dna relative to you is either this or this correct so when he got it it was this is either your mom dad or your kid yeah that's how close naturally it was not his kids mm-hmm same thing. He tracked down his dad, found him on Facebook, saw a picture of like multiple kids that resembled him. Yep. Reached out, never got an answer back though. So yeah. which I get it because uh, now his story was when, when he tells the story of like how he was most likely conceived. It was 
it was, it was there, there was some humor to it, but um, but I think at the end of the day, like it's kind of it's. I think it would be tough for both people, even if they knew it was their kid. Some people probably have just like emotionally distanced themselves from it. Well, you lived. Uh, what, what is my mom now? She's fourteen years older than I am, so she was uh, when I'm probably sixty two when I reached a while when I reached out to my half sister. So at 62 years old, yeah, so almost 50 years later, do you really want to take on a new relationship with a, your kin? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it'd be tough. It, it's, it's odd. Cause I've seen some people do it, but I, uh, it, it's, it's always odd too knowing I had people that I knew my entire life. Didn't know they were adopted until like I was in my teens or early twenties or something. It's like, gotta oh. be awful. Well, not, I mean, I'm saying my friends. Yeah. Like to know then, like I always knew. I, it's no, like no, they no, told me. I mean, they, they knew, but oh. like, I just never, they never said it. They oh, were like, you oh. didn't. They're like, oh, these are my mom and dad. I'm like, oh, okay, mom, which it is. They raised you. Right. But then they, then they tell you like years later, I'm like, oh no, I found like, they're actually adopted. I'm like, wait, they're adopted. That's yeah. just been a, his or her parents for 20 years that I've known them, but yeah. they never say it. They're, they're, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, my, my parents are my parents. Yeah. You know, my biological parents never matter yeah. or him so it's like out of it's, out of sight out of mind yeah and, and uh, then it raised you and it put up with you like you know all, all the fun stuff that makes up a human so, yeah are, is your name edward or ed? yeah it's edward ed. okay i didn't yeah. know if you just went straight ed i'm like that's pretty that's cool no just like straight ed no no uh no no formality to it just just ed so you okay so you lived in germany yeah can you speak german um i can say like three or four words that's it. Do you like beer? Love it. Okay. So it doesn't like me. Are you gluten intolerant? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. All right. I Most heard. of the time. They must make like ciders and stuff. They do. Okay. It's horrible. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm stick to wine, vodka, tequila, like all that stuff. It's like when people say like, I have gluten-free pizza. I'm like, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's thing. not even close. Um, so, so you went to, uh, were you one of, like how often they have lacrosse in Messina? Ever since I grew up. Because that's like, I mean, reservation that's massive out there, right? Yeah. Like Syracuse area and, you know, like. Well, Syracuse is three hours away from Messina. No, I know. But like Western uh, New York, like that whole beltway is just a really, lot of- really weird. When I moved here, um, they didn't have any lacrosse here except for Plattsburgh State. And I went, mm-hmm. that's just odd. Yeah, but uh, you heard about it now? Like, yeah. It's like one of those popular sports around. Like, it's a great sport. Jen works with me. And she's telling me about the coaches and the, and it's funny because. There's only so many people up here that I don't even know the rules of lacrosse. I've seen it. It looks cool. But if you ask me all the rules and the score, I mean, the scoring of goal is a goal, but yeah. um, I don't know the rules. Then I was like, you can't, you can only have so many people past the half field mark yeah. and all like, you obviously you can go around the net. But um, besides college lacrosse, I don't really see much. And one of my, well, he used to coach at Plastic State lacrosse, was a good player uh, or a good player, was became the coach, moved away. But he was the one I, I believe that kind of started to spearhead the tr- club team. I think they call yeah. it. And now it's like taken off like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everybody who coaches it is like me. Like I show up, one guy knows what he's talking about. I then being like assist. semi, yeah, I assist. <laughs> I know soccer, baseball, basketball, some other sports, and I'm just like, okay, just learn the new rules, and then I become a coach. Which, yeah. So I'm assuming it's, it's probably easy to pick up. Uh, the rules, yeah, they're kind of easy because you get to. Slash, poke, hit, you know, it's just, it's offsides, there's offsides, and there's, you know, there's some stuff you can't do. I'm assuming the ball hurts if it hits you? It does. 
Okay. But you yeah. have like elbow pads and I mean some pads. So um, when I played, I had a helmet, gloves, and arm pads. That's it. Nothing in your chest? No. Jesus. No. But I wasn't in defense when I was attack in midfield. What, did the goalie have something? Yeah. Goalies are okay. They're crazy. Crazier um, than hockey goalies. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you see and they have the big nets. But I've, So lacrosse is a sport. It's up there with rugby. It's up there with cricket. It's up there with some weird like sports you might see only in the Olympics. That is, you, is cricket violent? I don't have, know. I they, have, they wear a lot of pads. The guys swinging the bat. Oh, yeah? I believe they wear knee pads because they kind of do this weird like overhand chuck throw. and I, I think it might bounce in. Oh. But it's kind of like baseball, but I'm assuming it hurts because baseball, they don't have a lot of pads. Mm-mm. So I don't know. But so lacro- was that your main sport or was it hockey? I was... I was better at I, lacrosse was my best sport hockey. I was pretty decent at, I mean, um, I, you know, Messina is known for their hockey program. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't know if it's changed since I looked last, but I think they were either tied or in the lead for the most division one championships in the United or in the New York state. Okay. So, I mean... How, how many teams play? Is it? Mo- I'm assuming it's mostly like downstate and western? Well, d- depends what division you're in. So, up here in Section 7, um, when I moved here, I was kind of like, hmm, okay, Division 2. And then I ended up coaching Saranac, Peru uh, for a while. Uh, Trevor Cam, Yeah. Okay. Trevor Cameron was a coach, and I played with okay. Trevor uh, in Messina. So... Okay. He took a... It was something to do. He took. Trevor a went to Plattsburgh, right? And played. He did. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it, you know, it was kind of like he needed to find a coach at the last hour, and I was like, God, okay. <laughs> um, I I never would give it up because it it high school sports when I grew up there was no political ties yeah. to families who you were. You, you couldn't complain about the coach like he would bench you for the rest of the year. <laughs> You know, but now it's it's much different, and um, I I found that out. I was like, okay, we're on a we're in a different playing field. It's a little here. softer right now. Yeah. Um, I coached I coached soccer for a while, and the first couple of years I was a head coach of the JV team. The first year, I probably had maybe four or five parents come up after game, different games. Mm. Everything was the same. My kids not getting playing time, and it's yeah. like. And the, the one thing I, I will give myself credit, partly because I knew I had the backing of like the varsity coach and, and like the AD and stuff, but I it was weird because you're telling parents and you it's a small town you know these people yeah like you probably played with their sibling or something like that, and basically you're just like your kid's just not good or your kid's just not as good as the other t- other, other person. But you can't say that. Well, the thing was I was pretty direct back then, even to myself. Like inside, I was like. Oh, okay. like, you're like nervous, nervous and outside. I'm like, yeah, well, your kid's just not as good. And then just kind of left it. And I just like, I never gave into it. I was like, well, I'll play more next game. I was like, I just kind of like nipped in the bud. Cause I'm like, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Your kid. And it's not that your kid's a bad kid. He's a, he's a great kid. He's <laughs> not as good. Not as good. And I also had one, we had a really like our team. We had one year. We did everything we could to have a winning season. Like mm. we were one game above 500. So I was like, okay. That's all I wanted was a 500 team because our team wasn't wasn't good at all um, relative to other years. So my whole strategy was we're probably going to score one, maybe two goals a game tops. Mm. This is JV. So I need to mix up my players 
and basically not put all my studs out and try to score two or three goals, but then let in five goals. Right. So I had to do this really big balancing act. So one of the parents that was complaining to me was arguing why their kid was not in the starting 11, which again, this kid was one of my top 11 players, Mm. but he was one of my better defenders. So he went out in the second string, which was basically... You're just trying to hold together. I was at holding that point. the four. I was basically like putting my my not as good defenders out first with the better offensive players and being like, let's kind of try to like. It was just a it was a chess game every every match, and it, I remember telling the parent that and he like didn't want to hear it. I'm like, what's it matter if your kids they're playing the same amount of minutes? Like right. It's JV soccer. They're playing the same amount, and if I have to win the game at the end of the game, your kid's going in as one of my top three or four defenders. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny when you have like the arm or the sideline quarterback of the kids. Screaming and yelling, and, and when you're trying to teach them something, and then mom or dad's on the sideline or on the drive home or at the kitchen table at home saying the complete opposite, and it's like that's the hard part because kids are naive and they, you know, mom and dad are telling me that the coach sucks, therefore I think the coach sucks, therefore I'm going to tell my other friends that my mom and dad think the coach sucks. So it, it was it was difficult. Yeah, it's a and little it, softer. I kind of wish it was probably back in the uh, the, the old the old days a little bit. I, well, I remember it being. A little more difficult, but you, when you played, would have been more than me. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I remember like, getting puck shot at me from the coach. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, we've got to pay attention. Yeah. You know, I, I one of the, my favorite. And you probably didn't go tell mom and dad that you got hit uh, by a puck. No. God, no. <laughs> and if I did, I'd, I'd be afraid I was in trouble with them. So they yeah. took the coach's side. You must not be paying attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, uh, coaching is really, it. You know, when I was here, the most of the parents were really good. It's, most, yeah. you know, and 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 some of the kids, yeah. I mean, now I don't know. I I stopped coaching after I had hip replacement. Um, boy, that was six, seven years ago. I haven't touched the ice since. Oh, at all? At all? Like even playing like pickup? No. Did no. you play pickup? Prior? I did. Okay. Yeah. So you, you you kept the legs under you a little bit. I did. I played with Moffitt's group. Okay. Uh, at the field house every now and then. And then um, right before hip surgery, I played in the over 40 league um, up in Chazy. Oh, up at the coop? There? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't been on skate since. Um, no, that's that's good. I I never played hockey. I was talking to uh, this past weekend. I There's a guy, a couple people that have played hockey and they're a little bit older. And I said, can you get more longevity out of skating than running like if you were to play like men's league hockey versus men's league soccer and he goes yeah because you're gliding so it's less impact you're still working but he goes it's you know from sitting there running up and down like a basketball court or a soccer field versus just kind of gliding on skates yep he said the longevity at least on these and stuff like now granted it's still hockey you're still running bumping into guys but not great um, on hips yeah i was gonna say there's probably some other other issues but he did say from an impact standpoint you could the longevity of someone on skates typically could play a little bit longer until like the the men's league, beer league, yeah, you know, kind kind of thing. So absolutely. Um, now, and as I say, if you've ever been to Shazy, and I'm assuming there's the gate, there's at least a couple gays still playing. Oh yeah, Drews, they're, still, they're all still weeds, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. I skated with mm-hmm. them for a while, and uh, I I made a fatal mistake. I uh, being new here, <laughs> so I played on a men's league team in Messina when I lived there, and we used to play the Drews, okay. right? Yeah. So um, so I moved here. And Robin Whedon, who yep. said, you know what? Come on, skate with us. It's nice. Okay, cool. I don't know anybody else. I know Robin. That's it. Through golf. Yep. 
I go there and they're competitive. I mean, they are now you're like up and chasey, up and chasey yeah. with the Jerus and the gays. Oh and yeah. I'm like, okay, well, this is no big deal. It's just like you know what it was in Messina. It's just a different team. So I was Robin Whedon's defensive partner. Somebody had to leave early on Craig Jerus team. Craig comes up to me. He goes, "Here, put on this jersey. You're gonna be on my team." And I go, "No, it's okay." Robin looks at me over and he's like, I didn't, I, I had no clue. Like, no, I know Robin. Like I know. Yeah. Well, after that, I was, uh, getting slew footed and taken into the corners by them. And <laughs> I guess he didn't say no to Craig and I didn't know that and didn't go back. Craig didn't was playing? Get, yeah. Really? Oh okay. yeah. Well, this is a, a while ago, 2000. 2000, 2001. Okay. okay. Super sense. long time okay. ago. So it was like, I, I didn't know. Like he ran the show and I was like, well, no. He's commissioner. He was. <laughs> commissioner, ex- executioner. I, and I, yeah. We always played. Craig, no, Craig's a great, I grew he up in so Craig, Craig's a great guy. And I, the, the one thing I always laughed, my wife used to play in the Jerus Summer League team. Uh, and so I'd go and like, we'd go watch her. She kind of played a little bit. We got bad knees now, so she doesn't play much mm-hmm. anymore. But Craig would be in a shirt, in a shorts, like basically dressed as soccer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he played. Most of the time, he was on the bench on the phone talking to somebody. So it was mm-hmm. just kind of a running joke, like the commissioner, the, like yeah. the player owner kind of thing. Well, he played back then. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, so I never got invited back after that. And <laughs> black black ball. From I, I was. <laughs> I was like, okay. So and then it wasn't until years later, like Robin and I still we play golf a lot of golf together and. We still laugh about it because he's like, well, if you want to come back out and skate, and I'm like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> no, thanks. Um, it, I mean, it was good hockey, but it was, I don't know. I just like to go play hockey, and I like I like the fact that I know how the other person plays, so I know where they're going to be. Uh-huh. I don't have to always well, the other like, thing guess. Too, the other thing, too, is when you get older, there's different levels of, seriousness and competitiveness mm. so when we were i used to play um indoor soccer it was only a couple of years in men's league and then i got to the point i'm like all the young guys are going balls to the wall mm. all the old guys are kind of leveling off because they got a little work in the next day they don't some of them don't have health insurance like we right. can't you know so you really are out there just kind of trying to kick the ball around and every once in a while you'll play a team and a couple of the guys just think they're still playing in like a playoff game in high school and it's like Hey man, we could care less if we win or lose. We're trying to like exercise and have fun. Mm. And then it got to the point where I'm like, fights are breaking out. People are getting injured, cheap shots because someone got a goal. I'm like, just it's like kind of like tacky. Yeah. And I'm sitting. I'm like, I got I got to get up in the morning. It's ten o'clock at night. I said I'm exhausted. I have a kid at home. I'm like, there's no way this is like I'm not like I can't keep doing this. So, and and partly because like I said, things hurt the next day that shouldn't have hurt. And I'm like, why am I you know why am I yeah. blisters on my feet? Um, a lot of fun, but so what brought you to, what would you actually, what'd you major in at Potsdam? So I was uh, boring economics and finance. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I actually find that interesting, but that's what most people. Well, like, most people are, say it's boring. I liked it. Um, only because it was, I, I just thought like, how am I going to be an art major and be, marketable. be in the market for a business job? Not to say that can't happen. But I was, you know, and of course my dad's there, you know, career military guy. You need to go for something that's you're going to be useful. And okay, dad. So I mean, that's what it was. It's oh, it, it's his birthday by the way today. So I just got off the phone with him. So oh, nice. Yeah, eighty three today. 
So, yeah. Still, is he still active? Oh, yeah. So, he, yeah, they, they're going to play golf in Lake Placid Thursday. Nice. Yeah. You, you were able to go? No. Okay. No, it's not warm enough yet for me to go in Lake Placid. <laughs> Especially weather, Florida boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I uh, played yesterday, but uh, nine holes. Um, so yeah, but it, so it's my uncles and friends of his. They get like seven to eight people to go up there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Which course are they playing? Uh, well, they they go to uh, Lake Placid uh, Club, so okay. upper lower. Yep. And if they're playing the mountain course, I don't. I hate. I don't like that course. We'll, we'll, we'll get into golf. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll we'll debate some golf stuff. Yeah. Um, so economics, finance at, at Potsdam, just because of local school? Um, yeah, probably. I, I mean, at that point, I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And my set, my dad's just like, be as marketable as you can. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so you, did you graduate and hook up with Northern, right? You said 96, right? Yeah. About so. The same time? So here's the interesting story. Uh, my dad, when he got out of the military, went to work for H&R Block for a really short time, went to Prudential Insurance, and then opened up his own Allstate Insurance office in Messina. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would have bet every dollar I would have had, I would not be in insurance. Okay. Every, I mean, he'd come home sometimes and just be, you know. And it was funny. I was uh, still going to college. I was in my third semester in my last year. And my uh, funny, so my the person that I um, ended up working with at Northern and Messina, I went to school with her two sons. She said to my dad, would Eddie, and that's what they call me in Messina, would Eddie want to interview for Northern, uh, Northern Turing? And my dad said, he sure will. <laughs> so you're voluntold to go. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up meeting with Dina mm-hmm. and I met with a, a gentleman by the name of Butch Getty who um, had moved um, out West um, shortly there after I was hired. So he was a vice president there a long time ago. I just went in and had fun with it. I didn't care one way or another if I got the job. Yep. And I'll tell you what. Um, I must have said all the answers right because they asked me for a second interview back at the Plattsburgh office and offered me the job. And I said, well, I haven't graduated yet. And they said, you're going to start June 10th. And I said, okay, if you accept it. And I said, okay. In pot, in, no, not Potsdam, Messina? So, no. So, well, I had, to, I had to live here for six months and train. Okay. So our training is... Pretty same location that you are now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had to move here and find the apartment here and another interesting story, but I don't want to get into that, but, uh, no. Um, so yeah, it was just really weird. I had a job before I graduated from college and it was kind of comforting because back in 96, you didn't, you know, nobody knew what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, well, I'm going to be doing this. Um, well, well, two things. Number one, the I, I can uh, I can relate to the not going into like I'm in real estate. My dad's in real estate. Same thing. I'll never go into real estate. I remember thinking that. And then <clears throat> same same thing. Got my license. My uh, what was it? My f- first semester of junior year, I mm. got licensed. So I was like selling real estate part time in college, mm. and it was the 
it was the stepping stone. It was the, the means to another end, meaning I'll do it for a couple of years, figure out what I want to do. And then I end up kind of like, I, I don't mind this as much. Yeah. Um, and it's a love hate, you know, you go back and forth almost every day and, and it's, that will never change. But, um, if you didn't hate it, you don't care. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, it's good. It's like, I always like it's uh, the bad always sticks out more than the good, but overall, if I like reflect on it, the goods always outweigh the bad and it's, yeah, that's human. That's human psychology. Yeah. You always remember more bad than good. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's why part times I'm like, okay, stop and smell the roses. Things are better. I'm just like griping about a couple dumb things. Um, so I also have never done the interview, like you said, but I've had friends that have done the same thing. They go in, I'm like, I care less if we get this job. And they just go in like loose. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Like I'm not uptight. If I don't get it, I'm just going back and partying with my buddies at college for another year. Yeah. And then you just go in, nail it. Cause I think, I think you probably just, um, you just exuded like that, like one energy, but two, like I don't give, you know, a flying fuck what I'm doing. And well, then I think it was more about confidence and what you were saying, because in an interview you get a little uptight and you get caught off guard and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to answer that. I know how to answer it, but I, I don't know what they want to hear. Yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. And, but you know what, honestly, that's, that's what did it. And, and, uh, was your, was your interview process that hard? My, oh God, it was like, I'm sure it it, was There was levels. There was like, yeah, I talked to this person and that person. Um, it it was a very (laughs) challenging, I, you know, the funny thing is I've, I have never interviewed for, I lied. The only interview I ever did was I was in college. I had to go meet the superintendent at Northeastern, whoever it was at the time, and meet with them for about 20 minutes to substitute teach, which I did for like a year and a half. You're a substitute teacher. During school break. So I I probably subbed between Shazy and Northeastern eight times ever. But that was my only interview. And I basically had to go in and just basically get my fingerprints. I'm not not a a criminal. And go talk to him, at least look like I know what I was talking about. Yeah. To just sit basically in the classroom and read a book. (laughs) So it was it was a tough job. I bet. But that was my only interview. So yes, yeah, I, I've. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine your dad would be too tough on you in an interview. I don't even think he. I I think the interview process was me just showing up, saying, "Hey, I passed my test. I'm starting. I'm just gonna like figure this out." I'd be like, "Oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, good luck." So that was that was that was the job interview, and that's been the same for for dozen something or whatever it is now. But um, so you got in Northern Insuring back in how. Because when I had uh, Colin on here, Dina, I mean, it is decades, decades, decades old. Yeah. You said almost 100 years or 90-something years now? Well, it was 90, yeah, so. Or the original? You can put me on the spot right now. 94, um, 93, 94. Okay. But but along, it's what, four generations now? Or into the fourth? Fourth, Into the fourth now, yeah. So that's, from a longevity standpoint, that's massive. Because I think, I don't know what it is, like each... Each subsequent generation, and there's like a huge drop off in how long it actually will yeah. continue with the same family member. Yeah. So I never met um, E. Glenn, which is the founder, or well, one, well, yeah, one of like it, it was father? Rod's father. Okay. And we call Rod the Rod Father. So, um, not to get confused, but <laughs> I, I've never met him. I've I've heard super funny stories about him and what he would do and say and. You know, so I knew Rod and, and, um, it took me like three months to warm up to Rod or less. I mean, I was like, oh, I like him. So now we're not allowed to sit together in like officer meetings and because we, we just like to talk amongst ourselves. And and Rod's the, uh, 
he, he's the chairman now, right? Yeah. So Rod, Rod's kind of like the figurehead, kind of the... Yeah, he's the Rod father. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's kiss the ring. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah. But <laughs> to me, it is. Like, I, I don't know. that the, He is such a great man, and... and it's it's so it's so neat to learn from him. Yeah. At eighty four. Yeah. He's st- I mean, still doing stuff too. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like he's he's man he's still sharp and you know it, Dina's no slouch either though I mean she's a she's t- so she every time the family takes over they take it to the next level mm-hmm. and Rod we just had lunch the other day and he said you know I never really I never really you know did what oh, wow. Dina did. You know, and I'm like, it was a different time. Yeah. You know, Dina adapted and she's done a lot for the, for the agency. So it's like, Rod, I'm sure you did a lot more than your father did. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, it's like different times call for different measures. And, um, it's just, you know, one of those like, yeah, you know, I, I sit here and go, I've been there. It'll be 26 years in June and, uh, I'll be 49 this month. And sit there and go, my God, I've worked there for over half my life. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good thing. It, it, like I said, the, the longevity of it. So obviously it's been good for you. Like, yeah. I mean, you were, what was your original role there? When I first got hired? Was it? Yeah. Sales. Oh, head of commercial sales? No. When, when I first got there, it was oh. just sales. Yeah. Again, I'm going off of the, the, uh, the Ed cheat sheet here. So we can't go back that far and tell said vice president, history. I'm like, you, you had a hell of an entrance. Well, but no, <laughs> no. I, I, I started just as a salesperson in Messina Okay. and, um, took me like eight, nine years to get to like even an associate vice president. And of course we had a lot of people there for a really long time. So it was really like, I have nowhere to go. Just keep your nose to the grindstone and just do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, Oh, leaps and bounds, you know? And, um, so now, yeah, uh, I was, I don't know, vice president for a while and then senior vice president and then COO this year. So the, the new role COO, yeah. how's that, like, what, what's that entail now and jump, like, what kind of responsibilities are you now? Because again, COO, that's, you're, you're, I'm assuming this is of everything, right? The correct. whole organization? Yeah. So it's not just sales. It's not just commercial lines. It's all of sales. It's probably every location too. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's daily operations, you know, with, with, you know, as duties as assigned as well. Um, we have a great team there though. So it's not like, um, nobody has to like come to me and say, Oh, can we do this? Or should we do this? It's, it's hardly any of that. So very collaborative. Yeah. I mean, I got a great team for sales. I mean, Tiffany's, you know, right now I'm getting her to, you know, take over the commercial sales. Oh, that's and, right. Cause she just got her. Promotion. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I did yeah. that. Cause I was like, okay, I can't do all of this anymore. Um, but it's hard giving that up because it's like, that's all I've known. Mm-hmm. And, but while I'm learning new stuff, you know, I, it, it's kind of like, I have to let, I have to let things go. Right, so, okay. C- couple things off that. Now the letting go part, are you, is that, easy or is that is that hard like are you someone like both it's probably some stuff you want to give up correct some stuff you just keep the hands on yeah it's it's so um it's not about trusting others it's it's about understanding that you know for me um i've had a good run but i've also had great teams Mm -hmm. i've had people that are they can self-manage and they're 
they're go-getters. You know, you got Tiffany, you got Bryce. Yeah. Colin's in there. I got, you know, Tanya and Potsdam, Melissa and, you know, Christy and our LEB and our life employee benefits. And it's like we have such a great team that there's really no fires to put out. So that's easy for me to do. Yeah. And it's it's like I don't have to do really anything. But it's like, okay, but how do you, you know, there there's this way of cultivating that. So you don't want anybody to be like, oh, we can just do this or that. And no, you know, so it's, it's kind of yes and no. You're kind of, you're kind of directing, um, the flow of the ship or the path of the ship. Like you gotta, the way, like the thing I, when I was talking to Dina about this too, because Dina's the CEO, right? Would be her title. She's president and CEO. Okay. So when I look at the idea of like the executive versus the operation to me, you know, the executive is, you know, acting as. Definitely a visionary planning, kind of all that. But then they said you need um, you need that second person, that right hand person to take and execute and develop and come up like, hey, you got ideas, like collaborate, but let me like let me put those in motion. Let me take it and make that idea real. Yep. And I find that that's one of the hardest things that as like as like it just my role has grown from just sales to mm-hmm. now more hands on, you know, managing leadership. I'm, I, I don't mind handing stuff off, but a lot of my issue is like, okay, I got to take time to train the next person to then hand it off. Um, and make sure that I have no problem with someone taking over stuff, but I have to make sure that I'm handing it off where it's being done correctly amongst a bunch of other stuff. So like sometimes my delegation is at a necessity cause I don't, I just mm-hmm. can't have time to do it. But then right. I always get dragged back. So I'm like, I got to stop, pause, show exactly how it's done document it pass it along and it it gets to me it's a very challenging role to um like you went from you know the vice president to coo so now you're then switching in even though you know all the same people your focus is a little bit different so then you start learning about it so what i found out through some people's comments to me um which i i I love feedback because it, it you know some people you know of course my wife works there too Okay. Yeah. So she's, uh, yeah. So she's been there longer than I have. Um, she's in the business insurance division. She's, um, a senior account executive. She handles, you know, the day to day stuff on accounts and through, I think there's three, three or four people that, that will be very honest with me. Mm -hmm. Dina being one of them, Rod being one of them. And then I got two others that are, you know, I look to Mm -hmm. for learning and being better and, they said delegation is is your weakest point right now, and I don't want to delegate anything. Not that I don't want to, but again, you have to. There's more more than one way to do something, but you always like to think your way is the best way because that's what's gotten you through everything. Yeah. So to me, it's like okay, you know, and there's more than one way, but I also, but it's still my way, and things are going smooth it's going to be a long transition period in, in teaching that next person or next, the other people. It's like, yeah, but, but how do you, how do you get them to be like, okay, I see the angle. I see the process as you go through, but what about if you did this? And it's kind of like a, okay. Yeah. So I've given some stuff to some people and they'll come back and say, well, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And I'm like, okay. 
That's fine. So basically, yeah, we're going to try to hit the same goal, different path to hit that goal. Right. But then, yeah, then you're like, but I know this path will get us there. And they're like, well, this might get us there quicker. Yeah. Or it's new thinking. And it's not, it's not that it's bad. It's just different. Yeah. And so, you know, where I used to jump in before, now it's like, well, I got people for that. Mm. It's not the best use of your time now in this new role. No. Yeah. And so I got some people that tell me that and it's true and I own it. It's like, yep, you're right. I got to get better at it. Yeah. You know, but it's, uh, and I think this one thing I've noticed is I'm trying to put focus on certain areas that I know I'm bad at. Mm. Not, and it's not, it's like anything else. Like I was bad at sales when I started. Like I really, I, huh? Really? Uh, well, I, I, used to, I was good at ice cream sales and then I oh, going, okay. so I've, I've done two sales jobs <laughs> in my life. So, um, but yeah, like I was like, when I started out, I knew nothing and it like except 20 years old. 20 years old without facial hair. So I look 15. So right. like, of course people want to buy a house or, or sell a house with me. So sure. that was fun. But we, uh, but then it got to a point where I'm like, okay, the sales aspect, I understand. Like, you know, you can come up against problems, but I can answer most, most things or know who to talk to or whatever. And then it's like, okay, now I got to expand to here. Now I've got to focus on this. Like, how the heck do I do that? How mm. the heck do I do this? And then you're, so I spend a lot of my day and week honestly reading and learning about stuff because mm. I just don't know it. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, what would be more effective here? I, I, I don't think I'm strong either maybe in this skill set or maybe this issue came up that wasn't anything I've seen before, which mm. is like leadership or management one-on-one, but I'm like, I've never really had to do it. So then I'm like, okay, you know, how could I prep more? Okay. I got to, I got to actually plan more for these meetings. I got to, so it's, it's a lot of, um, I'm like in a very, figure it out kind of mode right now Mm -hmm. because it's thrust into a a role and especially at our company really hasn't some of the things we're doing or have done or evolved like we haven't really had to do it before Mm -hmm. and at least I definitely haven't had to do it so a lot of it's figuring out as I go yeah and then talking to people and picking people's brains and kind of like coaching here and there and uh but yeah that's the thing it's like just giving up the way things were done or my biggest thing is just training someone it's like it's like okay yeah i'll train like let's get together and then like it's kind of quick and it's like okay that wasn't a formal training and how to hand off i think you were even like walking in and i was going over something with jen and i was like here just come here i'll just show it i'll walk you through it so it's it happens it's it's like the good and the bad of the yeah so it was funny last week i was at a, a function in glens falls and i met somebody well i've known him um and great guy and uh plays more golf than I do. Um, so jealous of so, him. Um, so it's a great guy. Yeah. And he, he's, uh, he, he was an executive coach probably, you know, seven years ago and coached to some pretty, you know, high ranking people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking to me about it and he goes, uh, he goes, so how do you work on people? You know, when you're trying to build somebody up and, and it's the thing of, okay, so, if, well, I, I'm sitting there going, whatever I say is going to be wrong probably, but I want his input. So we actually had almost the same input because when you look at people, not everybody's good at everything and not everybody's average at everything either. So I said, when somebody's like a two or three at something out of 10, yeah, to raise them up to a five, eh, is that going to be worthwhile or is it better to take whatever they're really good at from like an eight? until a nine then all of a sudden it's like that means more than 
going up on the bottom rung. And he agreed with me. He was like, exactly. Yeah. So people try to work on their weaknesses, which if you have a glaring one, yeah. I mean, if you can't read, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Better work on that. But it's like, you know, if you're really good at sales, be if you can get them more confidence, more training, more something, they're just going to be that much better for the organization. And it's, we all like to focus on what we're not good at instead of just saying, that's not my bag. I understand. I'm going to delegate that to somebody who can handle that better than I would. Um, again, I have some problems with that sometimes. And, but, uh, I think, you know, at, at 49 years old, I'm, I'm kind of more savvy to, I see what's here. This isn't my, that's not my gig. Yeah. So I'm getting better at it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's being aware. And I think, uh, over time it's, it, it will get there. And I, I was thinking about this today. I was driving and I was like, man, this, this is a mess right now. And of course I'm, I'm more analytical of my, of the company and myself every day where I might think in my head, like the sky's falling in certain ad categories. But if I was to talk to the people here or out and about, they would be like, they don't know. No. I'm, I'm, it's like you, you're so deep into what you're doing and layers deep and years ahead and, and Dina and whoever else that it's sometimes it's hard to bring yourself back to 2022 and be like, Oh no, no, it's not broken. It's just like, my mind is like 10 steps down and we have this work to do right? and we'll get there. And I had that kind of thought today. I'm like, no, no, we'll be fine. Like it will be a little bit of a struggle, you know, a couple learning curves and long hours here and there. But once it's done and it's like, okay, that'll be done. We'll build onto this. And I've been doing it my whole career as I'm sure you have. It's mm -hmm. like, you just keep building and you probably, you would laugh at what you're working at in 96 compared to now. Yeah. You know, cause it's, but, it was so much easier back then. Yeah, but but then like the problem that you didn't know in the, the early years, like now you're like that didn't even exist, or that was I can't believe we were like you. It's almost when you go through like old p paperwork at the office or yeah. old things or old notes you had. I'm like, I was taking notes on that. I'm like, what was the date? 2000, like for me, like 2012. I'm like, mm. that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So sometimes I'll I'll just flip through stuff and I'll see it and I'm like, okay, I've actually am f further ahead than I give myself credit at times. And then there's sometimes where I'm like. You know, there's so much you want to do right now, but you just got to be patient and know it will happen. Or our own worst critique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so, <laughs> some some fun stuff. It's almost as fun as, or works almost as fun as this, but how'd you get into golf? <laughs> so people that don't know Ed, he's slightly better than the average player. Um, has played how long? Since you were a kid? No, I took it up. Uh, in college. Really? Yeah. What? Okay. So give me the whole golf story. Okay. So <laughs> first off, tell people like, don't, don't be modest. You're, you're a very good golfer. I'm, I'm okay. I like the way you put it. I'm better than the average golfer. Yeah. I'm, Actually, I'm very modest when it comes to golf. I, cause I don't want that to define who I am. It's part of my definition okay, of so, who I am. But. So Ed's a good golfer, very good golfer. I would arguably say the best golfer, probably, I don't know the radius, but um, I'd put him up against pretty much anybody in the vicinity of the North country. Um, rumor I've, I've read in the paper. I, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen you play. Really? No. We'll have to play. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I myself am an average golfer. So no, the, yeah. So, so an average golfer shoots about a hundred. I thought I just read something. The average golfer was like a 12 or 14 handicap. False. 12 or 14 handicap. You're within the top. 80% of oh, golfers. I'm a 12. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little, I'm slightly above average. So and, I'll give you, is, I'll give you three aside. What's your handicap right now? I don't have one. 
You really don't play to one? No. You must, though. Don't you play in tournaments? You... I never play in tournaments with a handicap. Really? I try not to. What's your guesstimate? <laughs> well, I just played yesterday and shot 39 at Adirondack from the blues and the rain and wind. So... In, in great condition, so I'm sure the greens are rolling really nice. Pure. Yeah. Um, so, you so I don't know. It, so it, it fluctuates for me during the year. Do you think you're a plus? I used to be. Well, P- people will say I still am. I mean, like, how, how low? Plus two, three? So that's so... No. So for people, for so again, for handicaps, a plus handicap means you're better than par. It's kind of opposite of what... Right. Yeah. So like so, a three is not a plus three. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so if you're a plus three, so pros are like plus three to plus four on any course they go on, they can shoot four under three under. I'm not, no. (laughs) So you think you're just, I I think I'm, I'm a zero handicap, you know, around our courses here that I know, I still have bad days. I'm not hit, you know, when I was, you know, trying out for the U S open and U S amateur, um, yeah, I was hitting a thousand golf balls a day. Yeah. Or uh, a week, sorry. So you know, on a on a five day week, you're hitting, you know, a hundred and twenty five golf balls a day, which doesn't sound like a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a ton. Yeah. Um, and then you know, then you go to practice short game and putting and chipping for I don't know three hours. So it, you would practice that much. Yeah. Playing. Oh, when I first moved here, yeah, because I. I mean, I, I don't know how many U.S. Open qualifiers I've played in and tried to qualify for, and U.S. Amateurs. I mean, I led the the New York State Man Amateur on the last day. Um, ended so, up shooting forty five on the front, not because I was the, nervous in the last round. Yeah, not because I was nervous. Just My driver game. just wasn't working, and um, and then didn't hit the driver on the back nine, shot thirty two, and missed the playoff by like one or two. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, you. Well, so what's what's the mid am again? So the mid am is uh, so you get rid of the college kids. So it's okay. twenty five and older. Okay. Yeah. Because there's the there's an amateur. There's a mid am. There's isn't um, there, isn't there like a public links one? So they got rid of that. Okay. But Steve Moffin and I used to go down to uh, Keene, New Hampshire, to try to qualify because this course was really cool. And uh, Keene. Yeah, Keene, New Hampshire, and it's a municipal course because that's public links. Mm-hmm. And I think I tried to qualify there th- three times. He went, I think, two or three times. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, course is just really cool. And we ended up playing a practice round together, and the weather was really iffy. And from somebody that's almost been hit by lightning, you kind of understand, like, there's this feeling and this weird taste in the air. Like, you just know it. Like, fine cover. Yeah, so we're on the putting green on the highest point of the course, and I'm like, run, run. And I dropped my putter and turned around, ran, and lightning hit. I don't know where it hit. It was loud. And you can ask Steve if you ever see him next time. Ask him about the lightning strike in Keene, New Hampshire. He'll never forget it. It was crazy. Did they call They must have called it, right? No, it was, was a practice light? round. What was it? Oh, you were just going just yeah. by yourselves? Yeah, so it was just like a... But that was for the public links? Yeah. So what was the public links though? Was that just public? So you had to you had to be a part of a public course. So the state amateur and the mid amateur, as I as I used to remember, that they used to like you had to be a member at a club authorized 
by the USGA. Not or, a private club? You could, no, a private club you could be too. Okay. It's just you had to be a member of a club. And the public okay. links was you can be an associate member or a member or not a member of any club and you can still play. And how was that different than a mid-am though? So the public links is, it's all ages, you know, and the mid-am is 25 and over. So okay. Chelsea Barrett, I'd never forget this kid's name. Um, Chelsea? Chelsea Barrett. Okay. It's a cool um, name. It's really cool. So he was a member there, and his grandfather owned the course. This is Keen. Keen. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of, I remember, because I was playing behind him one day, and we're on this par five. We had already hit our second shots, and we were walking, and all of a sudden you hear this thump, and the ball rolls between me and the other guy that's walking down the middle of the fairway. And you look back, and you're kind of like, this is like a 375-yard drive. Kid was 17, 18 years old. And I was like, what? Who is this guy? So that's how I know him because he came up to me, uh, came up to both our whole group and said, sorry, I almost hit you. And this, I'm like, yeah. Uh, he goes, I didn't think I'd be able to hit it that far. Yeah. So he ended up playing at, um, uh, where did he play? Somewhere in Texas. Um, tried out on the... Uh, one of the tours um, played uh, Division One college down there for a reputable team, and haven't heard from him since. But he t- actually took Jordan Spieth when he was in the juniors, took him to like an extra holes, and they have all these pictures in the clubhouse with him. And so he was from Keene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and the thing is, when you play golf up in the, like the Northeast, you you have a very short season. Yeah. relative to the people in Florida or Southern tier or whatever. So um, I always find that the, anybody that's from the Northern area, like whatever, maybe they, maybe they go South in the winter or mm-hmm. they just have great indoor facilities. But you, I mean, to be at that level, you swing every day all year long. There's no way you can. I don't. But I mean, someone like it, someone like that though. I don't know. I mean, I mean he, I, must, he must be playing in the winter, whether it's. He had to go to school up in Keene. <laughs> yeah, so who knows? But, um, you know, I always like I traveled this. So my 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 time of year to travel is between uh, mid January to beginning of April. Okay. So this year I was gone for four weeks at different times. This is just vacation wise for yeah, you, or golf? golf. So my dad lives down in Myrtle um, from January one to four one. Okay. So Perfect. I'll go see him a couple times when we'll get out and. Um, I play a member guest at uh, my one of my friends' courses down in Florida, okay. which is a highly competitive event. Okay. So if I go down there cold, I'm yeah, never. You're chewed up. He's he. Yeah. Now I know enough people down there. They're gonna they're gonna crucify me. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I I've played golf four weeks before April first. In in multiple rounds in a week. Oh yeah, I probably had twenty five rounds in. Really. Yeah. So when do you when do you stop playing golf? Like I mean, season wise ends, but you don't you don't swing at all in the winter, or do you a couple no. indoor things here and there? Yeah. No. So you really just go cold turkey for a few months? Yeah, I'm I'm ready by that time. You know my joints hurt, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff, and I don't even, you know, the group I play with on Saturdays, awesome group. Like, give shout out to them, but they don't they don't even probably know what a podcast is. Um, but they, you know, we get on, we get there, we don't even warm up, we just go tee off, and they play the seniors, and they try to push me back to the blues all the time, and it's like, 
we don't yeah that's it and by the end of it i'm like i'm done it's um so how many rounds a week do you think you average uh, um, that's an unfair question so i don't want people to get the wrong idea because i usually play on saturday and sundays um fridays we get out at noon mm-hmm. so i'll try to get something going then so yeah could i play three days a week sure I rarely leave work early to play golf mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of people that laugh at that, but now I, I'm not going to be able to things have changed. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know, tournaments on Fridays, you know, that yeah. I, I got a group of people now that play golf at Northern that literally play golf. And, um, i may not be at every tournament, which, which is, I usually see you playing with like Tiff yeah. and then a couple other people, but um, yeah, I mean, th- those tournaments are obviously for fun. So yeah. do you find those tournaments, are they good for your game or bad for your game? Um, I, you know, I, so I, I'm, I'm very competitive when it comes to sports. I don't like to lose at checkers. Okay. However, when you're talking about like a scramble benefit for somebody, mm-hmm. I don't take it seriously. Yeah. I, I mean, I like to have fun. Uh, I think there was one year I teed it up. Um, well, you heard about the Kevin Colleen story, right? You know Kevin. Well, I know Kevin, but I don't... Oh, you didn't know? Oh, there's, maybe. there's video of this of me hitting a tee ball out of his mouth on the first oh, tee. Oh, no. Yeah. That scares me. That scares me. Yeah. So we really did that. We have video of it. I got it on DVD. That makes, like, that makes me... Even, even if a professional is doing it, it makes yeah. me uncomfortable. Oh, I know. I was hyperventilating when I was standing over him, and he's like... How high was the tee off? Like, how... Uh, Four inches. So it was pretty close. Yeah. And it wasn't like I just barely swung. I was going for the fences. And I was like, either he's going to be missing his nose, his teeth, and reconstructive oh surgery, God. which I told him. I said, I, I, I'm not responsible for this. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. So we raised three, 375 400 bucks for the Y. It was for just that one shot. It was worth it to me. He was, he was, he had it, yeah. No, I had not. Heard, I had not heard that. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Oh, it was. That scares me to death. Like, no, I don't. You'd be the greatest. You could be Scotty Scheffler right now. I would not let you do that. Right. Like, I'd be. I'd be like, no. Yeah. I'm like, what's the downside? Downside is you hit me and I could die. I'm like, no, I'm out. Well, I I was most worried about he was going to get nervous and the ball would fall off and I catch the top of the ball and then it hit his forehead. Oh, top it down. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had it in his mouth and. No way. I was just. I was a little nervous, and then he figured it out. Um, oh, he goes, I'm going to place a little bit of super glue on the ball so that so if it does tip a little bit, it's not going to move. Well, and I'm like, worse. Uh, well, no, not really, but um, it, it ended well. <laughs> Did you hit the fairway? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, barely. Uh, I think, I don't know, I don't remember, but it was, <laughs> it was like 20 yards from the green on number one at Adirondack. <laughs> so... That that was that's my <laughs> that's my claim to fame. That oh that God. shot right there, to, to, a trick shot artist. To some let some human being let me hit no. a ball out of their mouth. I, I would if, if he asked me to do that, I would, I would decline. I'm like, there's no way. I don't trust myself. I probably wouldn't do it again. Because I, and he's like, here, have a beer with me. I'm like, nope, <laughs> no way. Before? Yeah. Oh yeah. No no no. He did obviously because I, well, like, I would wanna if yeah. I'm just gotta sit there. I mean, if this is your last moment on earth too. Yeah. Like, no, I, I declined. I was like, no way. So, 
So no, but uh, but for like scrambles, do you find like I always find if I go to scrambles and I start swinging like a complete idiot? Cause yeah. You, well, why not? Right. If you got two guys in the fairway. It's like well, I might as well. Like in a normal round, I would hit like a conservative. You know, play play the course. Mm-hmm. Like no, I'll dog leg. Like no, I'm gonna either go flying into the woods or pull off a miraculous shot. Are you like that in scrambles? You just like go for broke every time. Most of the time. So, but it doesn't, it doesn't really affect like you get into bad habits or it kind of screws around. No, the only bad habit it gets into is if I'm, you know, course management, I, I, cause there's no course management, n- none. Yeah. And so if I hit a driver off the deck from 275 yards and it goes in on the green, it gives you this false sense of I did it once so yeah. I can do it again. No, yeah. um, no, I don't, I don't overswing. I can't. I, I mean, I got a, you know, a bum hip. hip. I yeah. got, you know, zero cartilage in this elbow. Did you I, say that you think you, you can't rotate your elbow or something? So, um, so or you can't, but not like fully. So I've had two surgeries on this elbow and it's my front. So kind of yeah, left handed. Yep. So it's like, if I hit too many balls or if I swing too hard, it just, I mean, it just hurts. Does it swell up at all or, um, yeah, it, it But you does. don't have to like put any compression on it or anything for no, rounds. No. Um, so I don't, it, so it's really hard for me to overswing and cause my body just doesn't let me anymore. Do you, do you, um, so when you started playing, you were in college when you started? So I was, so I was working at, um, an ambulance, um, place in Messina, uh, for profit. Um, so we'd have to work there from seven at night till seven in the morning. So we were responsible for nursing home runs and trips to Burlington, Syracuse, Buffalo, wow. Albany Med you know, if there was a transfer from Messina mm-hmm. and was this in vehicles or like helicopter? Yeah. No, no, no. In vehicles. Okay. So, um, so yeah, if you didn't have a call that night, you slept and I can go out and practice golf. So mm-hmm. I started golf. I played with my friend. So, okay. I was, I was still in high school because he was on the high school team, but we were pretty good friends and he took me out and I shot 45 or 46 first time um okay i've been to or, the driving range but the, uh, other yeah, than that really and um he goes that's not bad for you know pretty much your first nine holes and i was like ah, I'm not playing golf I play hockey yeah lacrosse like so you're lefty i'm assuming in all the sports yeah okay yeah but i write with my right hand yeah, yeah couldn't weird. figure it out right yeah so and then um play golf again with my dad and it was kind of like a that was a fair match between he and I because we, yeah, because we were both not good. So, you know, so that 45 or 46 turned into a 51, 52. And the more I thought about playing the game, the worse I got. Yeah. Weird. And did you think it was going to be easy? Yeah. Okay. That's what most people think like, golf can't be that hard. And they start playing. It's the hardest sport you ever play. Well, I think bowling's harder. Well, I suck at bowling, so yeah. Um, so it was weird. So and then um, one of my friend that I played with, his father was really good, really good. Um, and I said, "I'm going to beat your dad in two years." He just laughed, and it took me about a year and a half end up beating him. So you just like went, do- you dove right into it. So I never had a lesson in my life, ever, and. Um, well, swing lessons or anything. So I would go out in the range and beat balls, driver, just pound it. Yeah. And went to the pro at Messina. Johnny Marish was his name. And I said, I can't break 80. 
And he goes, okay. He goes, uh, I'll help you. And I said, okay, great. He goes, I'll meet you on the range. So, he, you know, he goes, go warm up. Of course, my warm up is taking driver. my driver, oh, yeah. pounding it. And he's watching me and he goes, hit that, uh, hit at that red flag right there. hundred yards or so chunk skull. That's why. So when we had that conversation with Come, Matt yeah. and with you in the, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I know how to do this cause I've done it. Yeah. And so he, he says, here's 300 balls. You can, I won't charge you for them, but you're not allowed to hit anything other than at that. I think it was a red flag and a yellow flag. That's it. Like nice. 120 or something? Yeah, something like 125. Yeah. And then he said, the farthest I want you go, going is 150. So I'm like, okay. Um, did that for a week. I thought my hands were going to fall off, even at that age. I was yeah. 20, 20, 20 years old, maybe. Um, yeah, it took me a week. And then I shot 72. Really? Yeah. And I went, oh my. I know the secret to this game. And wow. yeah. And he was like, yeah, you have wedge almost in every hole. Like yeah. just learn how to control it. And that's why, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's where I've really tried to home because I'm not, I can, I don't hit it that far anymore. You know, I, I, I played with plenty of people that are so much longer than me yeah. and it's like, but then I give them the rib of, doesn't it suck to always putt first? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, you still hit it decently far because I, I, I will say I've never seen you actually, I think, hit a golf ball in real life. Hmm. But last year we were playing in a tournament. The one you hold out at bluff for like double eagle. Yeah, you were that. Oh, I was were... a, I was a group or two ahead and I didn't see it. And oh. it wasn't until you came over. I was teeing off, I think, on number six, six. seven. Oh. oh, yeah, six when you hit it, and we nobody knew the difference. And oh. I think I'm, or I may have been putting no. on five, and you may have been walking off of four. Right. Like, but, like, we're not paying. Like, we didn't just, like, you picking up the golf ball could have been a chip in for all, like, off the green. So right. we were on seven. That was our last hole. And all of a sudden, I look, and you had hit a drive. No, we were walking off of six. Oh, I remember that. And I would go walking down, and there's a golf ball about eh, 30 yards from the green. Yeah, I do remember that. And I remember looking at it, and I'm like, Hey, did anybody forget their golf ball? Not thinking anything of it. Like literally, I was like, did one of us just like not pick your golf ball up? Because at this point, we're 17 holes into sure. an 18-hole scramble. So we were extremely coherent and seeing straight. So we were like, what? Did anybody grab, you know, did grab your golf ball? Like, nah, I got mine. I got mine. Okay, go to the next thing. You, you guys come rolling up. Now, number six at Bluff plays 360? 350? 360? So it was over 300. It was, it's not a 320-yard hole. So, no. I mean, you can still poke it from time to time. Time to time. Okay. So that, that, would, be like, that would be like an Ed good drive. Like you, you would Great drive. Big, okay. Great drive. Okay. Wind was behind, too. Dry was day. it downwind? Yeah. Could have been. So, no, I do remember that shot okay. now because you guys were walking off the green. It was if, impressive, and I thought it was actually one of our balls. So yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, I, but I still get outdriven by a lot of different people and i'm okay with it i used to not like that because of competitiveness yeah and i'm like eh. and then your game goes to shit when you start to keep up with more limber people well especially yes so well, well the thing is too when you're like you're, you're a pretty like like built guy i say like you're not like a long lanky kid that can no. just like turn like so um when and, i look 
and minimal flexibility. Yeah. So, I mean, most of your speed would be generated in a very short window of time. I mean, obviously, the important part of the swing, right? Know, impact, but like you're not the clubs. Can you get all the way back to parallel for the most part? Or are you pretty kind of like I don't know laid off? Like I think so. Okay. Because I, I kind of swing and I'm like, I don't think I'm getting back there. And then I look at a video. I'm like, no, dude, your club's like down. I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, so I almost think I have to shorten up my swing, even mm-hmm. though I feel in my head like I'm like too stiff. Most people have to shorten up. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, I don't feel like I'm turning far back. But of course, like by the time you actually look, especially with the driver, because yeah. the, the way it, it's angled. But so you said the other day, you're like practice inside 100. So I have... I don't play as much as I wish I could, but I have in the back, um, I have a mat that goes into a net. Huh. No, I have no clue how far these balls are going. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do what Ed said. So I, I get out my three wedges. Mm. So I'm sitting there and I start taking, like when you go by wedge, do you go more by field? Do you go more, more by like... Um, so I have a clock system. You do the clock? Yeah. Okay. So I was, that was, I was practicing that. I was like, like seven and a half, nine and ten and a half. Yeah. But it was like back through, but with a very consistent right. like tempo. And then I always say my full is just like my swing I would take with a wedge or with an iron. Mm-hmm. Just So it's a little bit more like hips. And, and So when you're doing the clock system, it's more tempo-based, controlled-based. Like, Well, then you throw a trajectory in there. I was going to say, so how do you, is that just ball position? Um, yeah. And you're holding it off. I, I don't know. I, I love, um, I, so I got paid one of the best compliments ever by somebody that really isn't as well known as they should be. For so golf. yeah. Okay. So Graham cook. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I know of the name. Okay. Masters so North, like yeah. Canada. Yeah. Okay. I don't know him personally. But okay. I know the name. Um, so he and I have played number of rounds together, as you can imagine at the masters North. And that's the only place I've ever played with him. Slow, uh, deliberate. Um, he and, is. Yeah. And I just couldn't stand it. But Willie King just groveled at him, right? So, and Willie says to me one day, we're, we're done with the Masters tournament. We're out, in, we're in the bar having a drink. And yep. he goes, well, you know his history, right? And I go, no. And he started to tell me, and I went, Really? Like playing career history. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Canadian amateurs. I was going to say, he was, a, was he a pro or no? Just no, Canadian. but he did play in some pro tournaments. Okay. So I'm like, okay, still, he's slow. And he goes, you know. He, like pace of play slow. Yeah. Okay. And so then I look him up on Wikipedia. And I Is was like. Wikipedia page? Um, yeah. I was gonna say, if you got a Wikipedia page, then I, I just automatically think he's legit. Yeah. No, he's if someone's writing your crap on there. He's legit. And so it's funny. It happened to be the next year. I think the Canadian open, I'm looking at the, the players that are getting inducted into the Canadian hall of fame. So there's Lee Trevino. No, he's already in the Canadian hall of fame, by the way. Graham Cook. Yeah. Great. Okay. So there's Lee Trevino, Jack Nicholas with their wives and all that stuff. Graham Cook, right between them. Or one row back, right between the two. And I'm like, oh my God. This was after you had already played with the guy. Yeah. So so then I played with him one last time before COVID. And um, (laughs) I, it was just, we were playing together. Neither one of us could putt. Somebody else won the tournament. We were in the last group though, but um, we're sitting at the, at the table and we had a, we had a beverage and uh, Willie was with us and 
And Graham looks at me, he goes, you know, he goes, I'm going to tell you this. He goes, I played with a lot of good golfers. And he said, you control your ball flight almost as good as anybody I've ever played with. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. You, you serious? Like, he wasn't, like, drunk or anything. It was first drink. So, yeah. and I thought, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah, ball flight, I love messing with ball flight more than anything you get like low stock high kind of yeah more like you know there's low medium low mm -hmm. you know medium i i don't hit it high so it's you put a lot of spin on it yeah say if you're coming in low i think you'd have right more well not more spin but you're you're i don't know it's hard for me spin to usually miss the ball in the air but if you're hitting it low in order to stop it you gotta have some yeah yeah I, it's hard for me to explain to people like i just do it a little differently is uh so when it's, is the trajectory mostly with the wedges, or do you go all the way through the bag for the at least through the irons? All the way, driver. Because that's the uh, like I played a lot of golf as a kid, and I was I was able to do like I could draw the ball, I could I could um, you know I could fade the ball, I could do low hook, like I could do a lot of work with the ball relative to my skill level. I wasn't like you know, but the thing I never the one thing I never really got was the um, trajectory. Like if I could, if I had to hit it high. Which as a kid, like same thing. It's just you go for broke. There's right. no there's no course management yeah. when you're a teenager. <laughs> so it'd be like, well, instead of like playing a low shot and trying to get on like in two by hitting it out and then on, it'd be like, no, no, I'm gonna take it right over the yeah. hundred foot tree. Yeah. So I learned how to hit it high out of necessity because if I was like trying to get out of jail kind of thing or or punch one low and but yeah, I never like I would never be in the fairway. I have one shot. Like that was my thing. And even now I'm trying to just get more of a distance control. And then mm -hmm. if I can get eventually start kind of playing around with the uh, trajectory. Yeah. So, so when you do the trajectory, do you have kind of like stock yardages per clock and per like, do you hold it off? Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, it's, it's so I'm such a technology geek when it comes to golf. So I do my own work. Yeah. Um, Spine my own clubs, do all this stuff. Um, so when it comes to, um, equipment, I'm always looking for the next best thing. Which my wife hates. So you're like a gearhead when it comes to oh, yeah. Equipment. yeah. So when you, because you said you had the TaylorMade clubs, you could just swap out the faces. So the so those are the wedges. Yeah, they're like eight nine years old. That's that's pretty cool. I can't find a wedge that's better. And which one was it? The TaylorMade what? XFT, ex, ex, exchangeable face technology or something. It's so a, how do you swap the faces out in that? So there's screws on the back, and you. Just, oh really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I still look for XFT wedges on ebay okay to get the faces off of so i have like seven eight nine wedges that i bought that yeah. i just put the new faces in my old my clubs so it's just yeah uh so it sounds so no i know. i so i last year was the first year i learned how to regrip clubs like mm. properly regrip clubs but oh i got bryce's by the way to regrip them yeah uh he gave it to me yesterday and then i i looked at him I took all the golf grips off without even using a knife. They're that loose. They're torn. They were. <laughs> so how often do you switch your your grips? Maybe once or twice a year. No, once a year. I okay. I clean them probably once a week. Okay. Just because if I'm hitting a lot of golf balls and it's warm out and grime and. Do you use just what kind of grip do you use? Golf Pride MCC. Like they're multi-cord. Okay, so you grip. have the two, the two lip, or yeah. Um, I 
partly out of uh, laziness, was I ended up getting the uh, the Tour Velvet 360 round, so mm-hmm. I don't have to line up anything. So I just like when I uh, like true. It's quick to put it on, but the one thing. So last year I had clubs forever, and two years ago I bought used clubs that were like off off like a consignment kind of shop. It was mm-hmm. called uh, I think threeballs.com yeah it was, yeah so I, I got it from there and the, the wrapping was still on the was still on it now i didn't go get it fitted and everything else but this is the first time because i bought them like yeah put the multi-compound because that's what i had all my old, old clubs as i didn't realize like these all had adjustable weights i had never had a club that had adjustable hosels and everything like that so i'm like well let me play around with it and it wasn't until i started rotating the shaft that i realized that the shaft and the grip rotate mm-hmm. opposite of so like when you have those multi-compounds, especially with the alignment grip, I'm like, now the alignment grip's like sticking into my palm. Right. So I was like, screw this. So I bought the 360 round. Now I, now I know where I kind of like it, but. Well, you could have, you could have just bought a, a, something to take the grips off and hole. Wait. Yeah. Wait, can you pull the grips off without tearing them? Yeah. Oh, can you? Yeah. I always thought you just had to cut them off because oh, of the tape. No. Oh, well, there you go. That's a, <laughs> So. <laughs> I probably should have looked that up. It was the first time I'd ever done. Uh, Call me. I have all the equipment. Okay, so. that's good to know because I, I have like the clamp, I have the solution, I have you know I have the tape. Um, I, so I just bought a kit and it, it was pretty like therapeutic to do. Yeah. Just listen to music and you're just kind of cutting them, putting them on. Yeah. Um, but I did find out that you need to when you put the solution on the double sided tape, you also have to put it inside the golf grip. Yes. So the first time I went to do it, and I'm sitting there, I'm like. I was like sweating. My arms were cramping. I'm like, this is the first goddamn club. I'm not, I got like 13 of these to do. And then I ended up watching the YouTube video back. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You got to push the solution. And once you do that, everything was like, shh, slip oh, yeah. right on. Yeah. So it took me about 40 minutes to get the first club done. And it took me about 30 minutes to do the rest of the clubs. Yeah. It was just, so that was a, a very, um, I'm lucky I learned it on the second club. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've gotten a couple grips stuck because I didn't put enough solution in the grip. Yeah. You got to be very liberal with the solution. Yeah, it's... and I, I then I'm injecting it because so it's this big like I don't know how to describe it, but it has a needle and the grip solutions in this thing, and you can just inject it, inject oh, yeah. it into the grip. Yeah. So then it's like you just put it in the grip and push, and then it comes right off. So wait to to pull it off. You mean pull it off? Yeah, and then you can just re re solution it and just throw it back on okay no sorry never mind i i don't have that piece yeah no okay that would have been good to know yeah <laughs> instead Just of cutting them money. off yeah like yeah these grips, are brand new grips i was cutting grips off. are expensive and um yeah. for nobody that knows it's 13 14 bucks for per those, grip yeah yeah and those are the ones i had yeah the, co- the ones i have now are a little cheaper but they're still probably seven eight bucks a grip mm. the the core the whatever the the tour velvet ones oh yeah so um now, when you talk about respining clubs, what is that? Some people think it's a myth. I don't know. If it doesn't work, it makes it right in my head. Okay. And that's what golf's about, right? That's so, confidence. Uh, no. It, it, so every every steel shaft, graphite shaft too, um, when they put it together, it's where the metal comes together. And there's a spine. So there's one club you can always hit really good and it's your favorite club. Uh-huh. That's probably just by chance spine correctly. And the rest of them feel hard or feel like, like, it just doesn't feel like. So there's a like seam a, down the, the club? Yeah, uh, on the shaft, yeah. Really? Yeah, so there's plenty of videos about it. And then if the, sh- so you align the the seam either to the target or away from the target. Yep. That way that club is bending the same way under load every okay. time. So there's been slow 
a slow video of of people's swings, and that club will bend. Actually, they're saying almost up to a quarter to a half of, of an inch if it's not spined correctly, which changes the face angle. Wow. Which yeah. So yeah. So I I have a spine machine that I use, and it's every you know. It's surprising because everybody drops their clubs off at Northern Sharing, and I'm sure some of our employees uh, think that's all I do. <laughs> because no, now I know where to bring my spine. Yeah, my I mean, clubs. well, so you got to take them out of the heads, though. So you have to separate the shafts from the heads, and then kind of clean those up, and then you got to get into swing weights and yeah. what's best for you, and then you got to. Do you have a swing weight machine? Yeah. Too? Okay. I have it all. The only thing I don't have is a bending machine, but I off some guy offered me to give him one or give me his, um, and I feel guilty for taking it. I won't. I'll take it. Complete the set. You got a whole workshop. No, but if you're talking about like, say you were to bend a club though. Yeah. Are you bending? Look, you can bend really any. Well, can you bend? You can bend woods, right? Hmm. I wouldn't try it. Okay, because I've seen some pros where like, hey, I got a fifteen, but I'm playing it as a sixteen and a half or something like that, and they're yeah. manipulating something. So they, yeah, that's the PGA Tour vans. They're highly specialized. I'm not there, and I probably never would be. But if you take a shaft and say you're say you're bending a fifty degree wedge to a fifty one or something like that, mm-hmm. like how much manipulation does that do you have to change besides just bending the face or bending? You just bend the face, so you're bending really the hosel. Okay, so you. Um, but that changes the bounce, and then so it's like, do you have to manipulate anything else or grind down the bounce a little bit? Yeah, uh, do you have a grinder? I do. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is great. I, I love golf gear. I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in it like that. I don't like grinding other people's clubs. I I, uh, I grind my own. Yeah. when I need to, but not anybody else's. So when you grind a club, like, so you have the whole base. The bounce obviously is kind of that curvature from the right. Was it the flange from the edge, leading edge? Is that the correct? Well, one? so the leading edge is going to be higher than the the bounce. Yep. So if if you correctly yes. know how to use the bounce on a chip shot, then you shouldn't be digging into the the turf. Correct. Yes. So it's like some people just so anyway. So once you start grinding stuff, mm, you better. Mm. But because you, you don't just grind the whole thing, like you could grind a portion of the club. So right? you, you can grind the heel. So there's heel grind, toe grinds, yeah. uh, lead. Leading edge, I I've tried once and it was a total disaster. Okay. So that club's no longer usable. Um. So you, then you have the, the the back, uh, relief edge. Yep. You know where it kind of pulls it out of the turf. Yep. So you either a sweeper, um, a digger, or uh, I don't know a hitter. You know. So it's like depends how deep your divots are. Yeah. Like you can kind of gauge on that. Do you have different wedges for different grounds? No. Like, I mean, hard ground, soft ground, do you carry like higher bounce, lower bounce? I don't. I tried that. It mm, Not working? No. Because like I look at um, all my clubs are Vokies, like my wedges, but I got like a pretty generic set, but part of my, I almost think I need more bounce at times. And, yeah. But it, like I would say up here, we typically have wetter than we do softer or uh, harder, unless you get into like August or you get into some places where it's just like really hard, hard turf yeah but i i went from a 13 degree bounce to down to a 10 degree bounce just like on my sand wedge and mm-hmm. I, fe- I feel like my sand wedge even 10 degrees at times i should have a little bit more bounce i think more bounce for not as good of a golfer is a little more, more um forgiving a little if more you're relief. a digger 
I dig. I dig. Okay. Yeah. I, so, I definitely don't swing my clubs. I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pr- I'm pretty hatchet. Like I go down pretty hard on the ball. Awesome. Um, last year you you maybe you won't be impressed. You've probably been doing this for decades. Last year was the first year I was able to spin the golf ball, mm-hmm. not on command, but like in a round. I used to not be able to like every other golfer. Last year I could get the ball to spin back. Majority of the time is hit my my wedges. Where? What do you mean on the greens? Where? What course? Uh, I spun the ball back. I played bluff most of the time. Barracks, North Country. I had, I had one at Barracks and I had one on North Country that I probably spun back twenty feet. Hmm. And I thought it was I'm seeing this thing spin back and someone was there and sure enough what I got a hole in one last year first ever hole in one. Did my you life. really? Congratulations. Thank you. It was it's been a long time. Falls over your shoulder, but I ended up. Um, my div, it was a number nine at, have you, you got a hole in one, right? Multiple. Two. Two. two? Just two. Okay. Yeah. So typically when I get a hole in one, the two things I always, the three things I wanted to have on a hole in one was I wanted to be with somebody. So they mm-hmm. didn't think I was lying. Two, I wanted to see the ball go in the hole. Yeah. And then number three is I wanted to hit a good shot. Like I didn't want to hit like a worm burner and it skipped up, hit the uh, flag stick and drop. Like yeah. I, I wanted to feel good about the shot I hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had it at nine bluff last year i was with people it was tucked on the left side behind the bunker so you didn't see it didn't see it go in mm-hmm. i hit the i hit a gap wedge it was the one of the purest shots i've hit all my entire life like mm-hmm. i just hit this thing it was a little tight probably like maybe two yard draw it was beautiful landed spun back into the hole and i was I, now the only reason i know that is because my my pitch mark was like it was a it was like here's the hole my pitch mark was probably where you were Right over, so it like drew in, hit, and spun oh, back. Yeah. So I was like, I wish I would have seen it go in, but last year was the first time I was able to spin because I kind of got a little better at staying, you know, without getting too nerdy, like in the right position to come down on the ball. Yeah. So the more shallow you are into wedges, the more it spins. So maybe I'm shallow. No, no. I still think I'm digger. I yeah. still think I'm a digger. No, if you're taking a big divot, you're a digger. But uh, so yeah. for me, I try to hit wedges at five o'clock on the ball. For you, it'd be seven. If that makes any sense, you know, if, if you're looking down the ball and it's a clock, you, you try to oh, hit oh, it. Oh, gotcha. So you're coming down, you're trying to come more inside, inside and trying to almost oh, like, I was, okay. So you're talking about club path. Yeah. Not steep. It's not, no, yeah, not. Yeah. So it's more like I, I want to come inside. So I'm coming this way. So most people think you just come straight down. It's like, no. And you, you come from the inside and try, you know, for me, it's five o'clock. I'm a lefty for right-handed people to nip it and to get that like check and then have it like bounce twice and stop. So it's more of an inside to outswing. Yeah. Right. And, but your club face is, even if it's open, it's still squaring, you know, most people, well, I, I push it. No, it doesn't push. Um, but yeah, so funny story. So I got my second hole in one last year in a practice run at the master's. Okay. My dad's with me. Oh, nice. And he brought one of his friends and it was just, he's never seen one, you know, so he's yeah. never had one. So he missed it. He, oh, you didn't see it go in? No. And I was like, it was one of those like bop, bop, boom in. And I'm like, that's in. And of course my dad's friend is watching that's in. Dad's like, what? You know? And he was just, I don't know, looking at a bird. I don't know what yeah, he was yeah. doing. And so I texted some of the people that I know that are playing that day. Bart Van Leuven was one of them. Yeah. Yep. 30 minutes later when, or no. He, so I texted him and then oh. he responded about 20 minutes later and said, yeah, me too. 
I think I remember. Yeah. Yes, I do remember this because um, I think who told me that? Bryce probably. Maybe it was. It was. Uh, yeah. No. So keep going. Yes, yeah. So I, it was funny, and then um, I want to say there was somebody else, and I'm like, same hole. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> this never happens. So it was funny. Just. You know, you get a hole in one, you're like, oh, I'm going to brag to my friends. And then it's like, yeah, me too. Did you make Bart buy the drinks? No. No. (laughs) I think I was was that far ahead of them. Like, you know, my dad and I went in to have lunch. My dad doesn't drink. He's been sober for 40 years. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I didn't see him or anything. And nobody else was there, really. So I was like, great celebration. This is cool. Yeah. And it wasn't during a tournament round, right? No. (laughs) You know, probably a good thing. Because there's dinner after, you know, yeah, and then yeah. you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, no, so golf is kind of like that. That's kind of like my release. So um, usually when the weather's better, I'll go to the range after work, mm-hmm. hit balls for an hour, yep. go home. Um, it's like th- it's like people like, I hate hitting golf balls. And I'm like, I love it. I do too. I love it. Even as a kid, when I was playing Honestly, the only reason I don't hit golf balls like I did as a kid is just family obligations. Yeah. Like with kids. Like if I, um, when I was a kid, I would, really old, but I would go, now the only thing back then, I was smart enough to hit my irons, right? but not as smart to hit my wedges. So I would bring a turf mat, I would go to our bus garage at my school, I would have a grocery bag full of golf balls. Yeah. Because I, I, I lived, so I grew up in Chazy, I grew up. 12 to about, I think it was 12 minutes on the dot. I could get to uh, North country. So mm. that's where I played growing up. And I very rarely hit the range at North country. Um, and they don't have much of a range there, but like I never really went and hit there. So I'd always go to my bus garage at the school, throw down just a little turf mat, not to tear up the grass. I'd bring a garbage bag full of, um, or, you know, plastic bag, maybe a hundred golf balls, something uh-huh. like that. Just cheap golf balls that I found on the course uh. and all scuffed up. And I would just sit there and I would hit a lot of eight irons, a lot of seven irons, anywhere I would probably say from like eight up to like a five iron. Like I would just hit those. I, I very rarely hit woods. Yeah. Um, but I was, I would, and I would look at, um, I would hit the backstop, like of the baseball backstop. So I'd hit from the bus garage and the baseball backstop was like in a perfect line. So mm-hmm. I would sit there and try to, you know, I want to go over the center. I mm-hmm. want to try to hit a draw over the left. I want to go, and then typically, you know, baseball, they're like kind of, you have a three tier, like a three sections. Yep. So kind of, could you like draw one over? So I'd be practicing these shots. So I was a pretty good iron player. Yeah. But the one thing that kills me now is I never, I, I honestly have never practiced like the wedge kind of the clock thing. Uh. So my goal this year is anytime I practice, cause I've hit the range twice this year. Mm. And I, the second time was after I talked to you. I was like, okay, I'm just going to hit wedges. I hit wedges the whole time. And I had to buy a little mat because Bluff was just like underwater. Yeah, I heard that. It was very muddy. So yeah. I, because the first time I went, I was like, okay, I'm going to hit wedges. Like Ed said, I was pumped. Well, after the second wedge and it was just covered in mud, I'm like, I can't yeah. do this. So I ended up just hitting driver because I had to, had to right. get up on the ball. So, yeah. which I didn't want to do in my first time out. Um, but the second time I hit my wedges, I was like, okay, I'm starting to hit like a good, now I didn't know the distance. That's mm. the problem. I still have to go practice and pace off my what my distance or range finder i don't i don't have a, i have a oh. like if you were to hit golf balls and just take out one of the range finders mm-hmm. you can just shoot it and it would tell you mm-hmm. i know it sounds dumb i've never had a range finder um, in my life. well if there's a flag out there something that's of relevance like a tree or a mound 
Okay. But you couldn't like maybe point at the ground and hit a golf ball. You, you can if, yeah, it's, it's they're possible. they're pretty accurate. Like in my head, kind of like the golf thing. Instead of just ripping off the new golf club and putting it on, my simple mind's like, I'm just gonna like chip out and just like walk it off. Yeah. And just, oh, like, you walk it off. Well, I was going to. I don't know how to do it, so I was like, Bobby Jones style. Yeah, I was just gonna trust my oh. my five foot seven pace and. I was gonna say yard. I don't think your steps a yard. It might not be. Yeah. So I might be under. I might be like ninety percent of whatever I walk out. Mine isn't either. The, so I always uh, just take big steps. I'm like, I feel like this is a. Is this should be a f- three feet. Yeah. It's no. So that the hard part though is if I'm hitting them, it's obviously if there's no, because you want the landing distance, right? You don't not always, because if you get a shitty ball, it's not going to go like you know at yeah. the range. Yeah. If you get it like, so I. So what my stretching routine is, I'll get the balls and I'll pour them out and I'll bend over without like bending my knees and stretching my hamstrings and pick out all the shitty balls that I'm going to hit first at the 50 yard flag. Yep. So that's, so it's like, I don't use those other than just a hit at the beginning. Cause yeah. you're going to, it's well, yeah. When I'm trying to, and that's the thing, if I'm trying to get the distance and I'm hitting like the top flight golf ball, but then I go playing around and I'm playing like a, a decent golf ball. that's going to have more spin on it. Yeah. So I, there's going to be some trial and error, but my goal is to get a relatively solid number. Like mm-hmm. it might be like 40 or 42 and it might end up hitting at like 45 at during the season. But as long as I'm kind of in the ballpark. Okay. So if you're that close, then you're doing really well. So what, like when you, when you get up and you're like, like what's your, clock system like how many shots do you have with how many wedges i don't know because it depends on wind uphill downhill it's a it's a feel so like anything with 100 and in i'm usually hitting a 58 that's just your you stock You're just going with that club yeah so okay. 100 yards is stock 58 then it's like you back off from there for okay. me and it's like then it's trajectory and then it's you know it's all this stuff and it's really weird that i can calculate some of that stuff and be on more than i'm off so you're more feel then yeah like you have a baseline but i think i have out. a system maybe the system doesn't work as well as i think now you're getting into my head and so no maybe i think i shit talking to you no <laughs> it wouldn't take much to get in my head um no i think it's you know i just tell people all the time is just go out and hit wedges and some irons to, because if you if you hit a driver and you can spray it, you're playing at bluff, mm-hmm. you have some room. Yeah. But if you can put it on the green and regulation at least five times more than you used to, that's at least five strokes, if not seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So unless you're a really shitty putter, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like you need to work on putting. Yeah. But um, no, because the first time Northern hired your wife to come in with. Um, cause we do the monthly massages mm-hmm. and she goes, she said, um, are you the Ed Davis that plays golf? And I'm like, uh, yeah. She goes, yeah, my husband's talked to me about you. And, yeah. and I'm like, who's your husband? He's a <laughs> she goes, she goes, Oh yeah. And I went, Oh, Joey's son. Yeah. I, I go to Magog with Joey and I, you know, oh. and, and then he, he actually called me for the U S open tickets that he had, but couldn't go because my, one of my kids was being that's born. right yeah, so he gave me first right of refusal i surprised he remembered it at magog because we were talking at dinner and he goes if yeah it's it's gonna be around that time so i may not be able to go and i had stuff going on so 
final round was the 19th, which was her due date. And mm. she was born on the early, early morning of the 21st. Oh. So we went in like, so in my head I was like, I would have been able to come back on Monday, <laughs> picked up my wife, went right to the hospital and had the kid. We would have nah. been fine. So it wouldn't have worked out that way. No, 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 mm. exactly. So and plus like, it's eh. better to be where you were. Yeah, oh yes. Yeah. And, and I was fine with it, but I, uh, it was the, 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 actually the whole time I was thinking about that, I was like. I can't at least be there. I at least want to watch it on TV. So let me just watch the final round. And I said, then the baby could come. Yep. But it worked out. But I had gone to uh, um, I had gone to Beth Page in 2002 and 2009 mm. for the Opens. And this was the P- it was PGA, I think, this time. Right? Yeah. So it was the PGA. But I was like, I love that golf course. And uh, so I was just excited to go back to Beth Page. Right. The crowds are insane there because it's all New York. Like. So it's like it's like a new New York hangover, but it just kind of like filters out Long Island for the weekend. It's just a mess. Yeah. Um, have you played that course? Never. Have you played any of the Beth Page? No. It's on my. I have not played it, but it's like I want to, but um, I don't want to sit in the parking lot overnight. Is that just for the black though? Maybe, but that's what I want to play. So you don't care about any of the other ones? Cause I think the Reds also a pretty. They say the Reds um, would be like the second fiddle kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I get to go to the U.S. Open this year. And, and Brookline? Uh, yeah. So uh, one of our companies, uh, so this, he's a, uh, he's a vice president there, and, and he's caddied for me a couple times in the uh, state amateurs. Okay. He, he loves doing that. And I said, yeah. So he calls me up, and he goes, uh, what are you doing between this state and this state? And I'm, I'm having lunch with Tiffany. And I go, I don't know. Why? What's up? He goes, U.S. Open, Brookline, um, you can go like I can get, you know, you're one of the guys that can go, but I'm going to put you in for the drawing to play on a Tuesday at Brookline. Yeah. The, the Tuesday, but uh, like a couple weeks prior. No, the, the week, week the week of, because our company is one of the major sponsors this year of the U S open. They did. They do a pro pro am or no. Apparently they, they have some spots that yes, but you have wow. to, you have to be like of a certain skill level, skill level. Like you can't be a nineties golfer. No, you can, like I would not qualify. Well, so they say a U.S. Open course, right? A scratch golfer shoots ninety. That's that, what they that, say. I don't know. That's what they say. I mean, I believe it. I just I wasn't sure what the. Yeah. So wow, that would I, be awesome. I would be great. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely wild. watching it, but I don't know if I'll be playing. That's wild. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be I'd be pumped for you. I wouldn't I, care who I played with. It could be Pat would, Perez. Do you, I like Pat. You don't like Pat. Perez? I love. I love Pat oh. Perez, but he's not a huge name golfer. No, Pat Perez. So wouldn't care. So you would be paired with a, a player. Yeah, I'm surprised he let him do that during a major. He probably it's it's probably this guy, is what he told me. Now could he be pulling my chain? Maybe. Well, no, I think it would be legit. But I don't think he is. So it, let's hope not. I am. I well, no, I don't think he is. So when people no, it it, it sounds legitimate because if it's. If it's Tuesday and only a certain amount of time, it might just be like, hey, you're playing the front nine for, you know, starting at two o'clock and you play with a couple guys that you're not playing with the the biggest names. But we've had this debate before with my friends. Like if you had to pick, we talked about like if you had to pick your dream foursome and and taking out like sentimental value, like I'm sure your dad would be in your dream foursome. Like if you said like my last round, I can still play with my dad. So yeah. But but that's like, cause I said, that was the thing. Like I said, I would want to play with my three kids if I had to have one round ever. And they don't play yet, but I'm saying sure. like, taking that out. Like if you were just to pick golfer favor or top foursome, meaning you and three others, 
I came up with three of them. I said, listen, is it one is their all time, like all time players, living, dead, anything. Okay. Then there's living players. Yep. And then the third one was, am I looking to have like the best players or am I looking to have a good time? Right. So that was my three things. So Pat Perez was one of them. You know what? Pat Perez, I think, would have been in the fourth one. So I, I like golf, but you see a lot of like the, the new characters of golf starting to come out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, like you'll see, like uh, like the guys from Barstool Sports, and you'll see like the subpar some of these podcasts that you start to see some of the personalities. Yeah, like Pat Perez, but Harry Higgs. Oh my God! Joel yeah. Joel Damon. Yep. Kevin Kissner. All these like hillbilly funny guys that are just like they're great golfers, yeah. but they're there's like a different. They're kind of coming up in more of the like I'd say the the easygoing like more spectator like because I remember like growing up and like you. Just knew Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods was a stoic and a straight face, and wouldn't talk to anybody. And he, he even he's starting to come around a little bit in certain things. Yeah. So Pat um, Perez would probably be my top four or five. Like, so if, if yeah, if you're going out to wanting to party, absolutely, Pat Perez might be number one to be honest. No, Harry Higgs. You think Harry Higgs? Oh my god! Like if you were to have fun with somebody. Yeah, Pat Perez is a little bit older, so um, he's also got that little like short stabby swing. Yeah. I mean the, the fact that just the hair, the fact that Pat or um, Harry Higgs pulled his shirt over his head when he made the putt on the. Did you 16th see Damon hole. with him though? Yeah, takes his shirt off and starts like. I know, and I'm like, this is at a PGA Tour uh, final round event. Yeah, and I remember when they got paired up, they're like, we're both going out in the final group, and you know that group was like people were just hyped for that group. Yeah, and then he makes a par putt, or was it a birdie putt? Pulls his shirt over his head, and they start throwing beer like he made a hole in one. Yeah, I'm like. That guy right there is a legend. And and uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a clip, I think it was a week after. He's at like maybe the following week or two weeks later. He's like walking, like at a practice round or something. And all of a sudden, this guy yells from the stands. He's like, hey, Harry. He looks up and the guy does this and lifts his oh, shirt up. Nice. And Harry walks up and he goes, that's exactly why I didn't want to do it. Because <laughs> I think he got <laughs> rolled in by some guys to do it. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, just giving him shit. But like. Harry, Harry Higgs, I believe they call him uh, Big Beautiful. That's like one of his nicknames. He, Never heard that. Big Beautiful, and uh, I, I think I want to say it was the guys from who was it? Someone called him that, and it kind of stuck because I remember when he first came out, he had like the open collar. Yeah, he had the glasses on. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who is this jerk? Like, oh, his collar was like wide open. But remember when he was like first on the scene? You're like, I keep seeing this Harry Higgs, yeah. kind of a weird name. Well, didn't one pro? Wasn't it? Wasn't it Jason Day or somebody like said, I want you to continue, like gave him a check for some absurd amount of money. To keep the shirt open? No. Like when he first started playing, he missed, either he missed the his the cut. It was at either the U.S. Open when Bryson won or something like that. Or he, somewhere at that time period, he was just trying to get his eligibility on the tour. And was it Harry? It could have been somebody, but I think it was him because I was, I was so taken aback because it's like this guy is not the standard golfer, no, at all. Anybody's a crowd pleaser, and I think this person. What I don't know if it was Spieth, Jason Day, somebody, and I'm probably gonna be way off, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. And so I thought, what happened though with him? So he didn't make either. He didn't make the cut or something like that, and they gave him money. To keep going, like oh, because if you're like a struggling, a little bit, yeah. So like if you're a struggling golfer, yeah, there's you're no not, money. No, even if so, they so they just posted something like two weeks ago. 
the guy shot something like nine under in the tournament. Didn't make any money. Like what he had to spend to get there and all the expenses, he lost money. And I'm like, that's why I don't want to play professionally. <laughs> I mean, being a professional golfer when you actually have your tour card is the greatest job on earth. Correct. See, well, but, well, one of them. From a sports level? Yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, it is, but I think I think I would like having my own routine. Like I like team sports, but like team sports you're just like, okay, team leaves at this time, like right. you know, when you want to practice, when you want to work out, like you you you're you're an independent contractor. You kinda of have your own little you gig going on. It's work, but it's yeah. You pick your I mean, when I'm saying you have your eligibility, like you can kinda of pick your tournaments. Um, not the guys that gotta play forty times a year just to like make a living. Right. Because that, that that's a grind. But if you have yeah, but if you have your card and then all of a sudden it's like you gotta be within the top one twenty five in two years, you gotta yeah. you gotta still put in the work unless you win a major. And that's yeah. five to ten years. And then you're like, okay, I'll tell you, when I went to the uh state amateurs and stuff, it's four days of it's oh. it's just a lot. That tournament's four days long. Yeah, that's got to be a grind. Three, t- three or four days. Well, that you got two practice. Well, if you want two practice rounds, yeah. Wow. So it's like, yeah, it's well, you're it's mentally tough. drained at the end. Yeah. Well, I not, went. So I played this. Uh, what's it called? The World Amateur last year. Okay. First time ever. It's in Myrtle. Okay. Um, thirty. I think last year they had thirty six hundred players, and it's it's by handicap. But I played in the scratch division. Mm-hmm. Um, had a horrible last day, shot 70, 77, 78, something like that. Um, but the winner of our scratch division, I think was two or three or four under through four rounds. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, it's in the, you know, the end of August, beginning of September. So my dad said, you're not going to want to be down there at that time. It's hot as hell. Hot. Yeah. And humid. Yeah. And so I went down and I said to my wife and she was going to fly down after. And I said, I'm, I'm going to go down maybe two, three days early, play some of these courses. Cause I forgot, like, I mean, I played a lot of them down there. Yeah. I don't remember two of them. So I said, I'm going to play this one on the way in that I get on the first tee. I'm on a cart and hit my shot. And by the time I got to the green, I already had sweated through my glove. So say how many gloves you go through that day? Uh, or how many four, did you have? Four. Oh, no. Well, so then I went to the PGA Superstore and bought like eight new ones. Yeah. And said, mm, I bet you I get through this. And oh, did. God. It was awful. Yeah. And I had sweat like up here, let alone in there. Yeah. So it was awful. And so I was, I don't know, I was in third place, second place, fourth place. And then the last round, I was like, this is off. They punched the greens. During the round? Two days. Two days prior. Didn't put sand on top of them. Nobody really shot that well. And it was like, why would you do that? Yeah, right before a big tournament. Yeah. But it's it's really cool. I mean, I'm I'm debating about going down this year again because then I might how many rounds is it? Four. In that heat. And then I did three before the four. Is is the physical harder or the mental? I'd say the physical. Mental. You think physical? Oh yeah, because because when you're out, you don't give a shit after nine holes, and it's ninety degrees out with ninety five percent humidity. You're like, just get me through this. So it's more like kind of fun. Cause I, yeah. I, like I always found that I didn't play. I mean, I we didn't have a golf team, so I didn't play in any of the tournaments or in high school. Mm. So 
I would play like one or two tournaments a year, uh. which were one round. But you would play them, and you're just mentally way more tired than if you're just going out with your buddies and playing. Right. Because you're like, it's not even the idea that you're trying harder. You're thinking more than yeah. you would, but everybody is slower <laughs> playing. So it's just the idea that you're just sitting there like waiting, and like every shot just seems like 40% longer before you hit your next shot. So it's yeah. just a lot of waiting. And I, I, I mean, I'll go to a course. If I'm by myself, I'm done in two hours. And if I'm with a few guys like early in the morning... Three, three, fifteen, three, fifteen. If we have four guys, yeah. and we're like in a cart, hit, boom, boom, and, yeah. and and the thing is, you know, you're you're basically just happy to be out there. Yeah. Um. So to me, the longevity of it would just be a mental grind. Like even some of the scrambles, even those are like fun. You're like once you hit the towards the end of it, you're like, oh my god, we still have five more holes. And yeah. It's like because you're already at like the four hour mark at that point. Yeah, and it's it's funny. It's um, for me, I'm not a I'm not a slow player, but um. When I when I do play with people that are a little bit more deliberate, yeah, um, it's it's kind of like I've learned recently, <laughs> a year ago, two years ago, to just think of something else and just sit there and wait. And you know, if you're playing your own ball, I mean, scrambles are different, yeah. But um, usually, you're telling inappropriate jokes and having drinks, and you know. Yeah. But um, when you're playing your own ball. You're on your own usually, unless you have a caddy with you, which nobody really does anymore. So, do you have a caddy at the Masters North? I used to go up years ago with Steve O. Lebobard. Yeah. Oh yeah, Steve's a good buddy of mine. We played a lot of golf growing up, and I mean, caddy in the sense I drove a cart and just shot the shit with him. Correct. But, but so there's no like real caddy. So yeah, so um, I've had people do that for me, um, and it does keep your mind off things because there are our bottlenecks there that. Yeah just take forever and yeah so i've had that so they drive the cart yeah and but it's it, more of like social for someone just to like yeah shoot the shit with a bit right I, i'm assuming that's kind of like the pga tour too when guys are like with the caddies they're practicing but like some of those downtimes yeah like i guarantee you they're talking about anything and everything you know sports whatever it might not be golf. no not golf no and uh you can't grind for that long four hours of straight just focus no way you you'd be you'd be mush i would even think at majors and stuff like some I think what was the tournament? It was the Players Championship this year when they had that really really windy day. It was I don't know if it was oh, the third yeah. round, second or third round maybe. No, I think it was third round. And I remember Justin Thomas was one of two players that shot under par for the day. Mm. And I think he shot, oh my God, he might have shot three under. And he came off, and I just remember him taking his hat off. And he had said it was probably his best round he's ever played a professional because it was that bad of conditions. Yep. And I remember he just taking his hat off. You could just see like the energy just like completely pour like out of it. He was done. Yeah. And I'm like, that guy, because you're out in the wind, you're just thinking, of course, it's windy. And it's like you're, now you're thinking way more stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm like, he's been out there for five hours just grinding through this. I'm like, I would be compl- I would have been done by this like the third hole. Well, and plus like, that course isn't conducive to a lot of wind. It's hard enough. Yeah. On its own. I mean, I've never, I mean, you see it from TV, but it's like, it's like the masters. Like you doesn't, you said you went to the masters. Like it I did, but I never played that course. I played the players. I played that course. Oh, uh, Ponte Vedra or what? Uh, Sawgrass. Sawgrass. Yeah. yeah. So I played it last year. And, oh, cool. um, so Derek Sprague, who used to be at yeah. Malone. Yeah. So I, I still have his number and I texted him and got on and, um, yeah, I played the, the back tees as much as they would let me go back. Okay. And shot seventy six or something like that. I was happy wow. in April. You know, they just keep off the back tees because the tournament was. Yeah, 
Or so it, just, it had just played. Yeah, it just chewed out the back tees. So they would. So the caddies, the one caddy that I had said, I told him, I said, I don't care where the T markers are. I just want to play as far back as they did. And sometimes they just had the T closed. Mm-hmm. Um, but 17, not hard at all. It's a big green. It's a 130 yard shot. 18 fairway. That's it, narrow, right? Is it. For me, I was like, this is crazy. What's your normal ball flight? In the spring? <laughs> in the spring? I don't know. I like, uh, I that was. One, that one's a right to left. I mean, that just hugs the water all the way around. So I have a hard time fading the ball no matter what. Okay. So but that'd be a good hole for you then. No, because I'm, I'm lefty. No, I know, but you're playing away from the water though. Yeah, but then I'm, I was, went in the trees in there and then he's like chip out and i said no i'm gonna hook one around like bubba i did i put it five feet away from the wall yeah jesus yeah it was a no this the putt (laughs) Um, so it's like one of those like it was just an amazing day and we had seven other guys or six other guys with us um on the golf trip but um yeah i mean it was amazing experience because you're just kind of like you never really see some of the holes and you play them and you're like I've never seen this hole. Yeah. Well, I mean, 17, 16, 17, 18, get all the airtime. Right. It, what, um, so now obviously the, the grandstands and stuff, I'm assuming aren't there, right? They take them down each year. Yep. So it, it's obviously a little more open. So you're on 17. What do you think makes it hard on 17 in the tournament? Is it just the pressure you think? Or do you yeah. think there's like some way when they put the stands up, does it make wind tunnels or anything? No, I think it's, you know, I mean, you have just kind of like uh, 16 at the, the uh, Scotts, TPC Scottsdale. Yeah. I mean, there's how many hundreds of thousands of people on that one hole? Yeah, it's insane. Okay, Sawgrass doesn't have that many, but still. And plus, it's that long walk. Yeah, because you go around the whole loop. So you kind of are like eyeballing it the whole way The up. whole time. Yeah. And it's just really like, oh, okay, this is here. And it, I, I, I don't know. I... I Playing with my buddies, it wasn't hard to hit. So you hit the green fine. Yeah, yeah. Pitch, was it pitching wedge, sand wedge? Uh, fifty-two. Or uh, yeah, it was a save. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, what? But if the wind's blowing, sure. Yeah. If the pin is tucked on that far Sunday side, the right side. Yeah, over the bunker. Yeah, no. Where was the hole for you? Um, in the front. Okay. So you played on the backstop. I tried. Yeah. And it, it's kind of got hung up there. The greens weren't as, they were letting yeah. them grow back. Yeah. It was three weeks after the tournament. So the caddy goes during the tournament, that would have been fine today. It's probably not going to get down there. Um, what, what are the pro courses that you played? So where they TBC at Cromwell, uh, or Highlands, um, where they play the travelers. Yeah. Played that. I don't see how Jim Furyk shoots a 59. I don't hard. see it. Like hard? Because he's not a long hitter either. No. Jim's- Jim is not, but he can still poke it 285, 290, I'm sure. I don't I don't know. Just the way the course is set up in the greens, I don't see 59 at all. Even with if I had three people that I know. Playing scramble. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, my uncle, who was a retired three-star general, got to play Augusta five times. Oh, jeez. And he's... He called me one weekend. He said, I might be playing it Thursday. If you can come down, do you want to? And I said, I'll be there. Um, didn't end up playing it. 
and uh were you down there though no oh i would have no yeah i would have made the trip though okay yeah but he said it's not as it's not as spectacular as it is when you go watch the tournament because the greens aren't as fast yeah and the you know well, I mean, even when they played it in November, it was a totally different... Like, it looked like a totally different course. It was. And so. there's a lot of paint, not paint, mm-hmm. dye, yeah. you know, to make things green, green. Yep. And um, he said it's not like that there. But there's no weed still, but it's not as green. Azaleas aren't out. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I like playing a... I like playing... Um, courses that I can watch on TV and be like, oh, this is where I hit it to. And this is where... You know, so... Yeah. I don't. I forget the other courses. Um, Beth Page, I still think would be fun. I've heard it's a beast from a lot everybody I've talked to, and they're like, "It's you have two hundred fifty to two hundred seventy yard carries." Oh yeah, there there was one. I think it's like uh, hole ten or eleven. I think it's. I think the carry was like two seventy or two eighty just hit the fairway. Yeah, I'm like some of these. Like, can some of these guys even make it? And I'm sure there was a couple like a Fred Funk back in the day that probably like. He had a driver 10 feet, 10 yards short, packed yeah. out into the fairway. Um, what I remember as a kid watching those was that the, when you hit until, I think it was 02 was the worst, was worse than 09. Like 02 with Tiger won in 02, but that was the first year they had it. Um, you mean the rough? The rough just itself, because they yeah. hadn't really let the fescue, and I don't think there was really a first cut. It was kind of like oh. rough fescue. So oh. like you kind of hopped through the rough and it was in this tall shit, and like, I mean, I'm assuming they were hitting just sand wedge, lob wedge, just something back out. Yeah. But nobody could advance the ball. So you were seeing the ball just kind of come out almost like a flop or a flop shot, like a bunker shot, like pop out and just land and kind of roll out 50, 60 yards back in the fairway. Yeah. And when you're, when you're watching this and you realize like, I think the, I think the fun thing about golf, when you see like the pros in person is when you look at where they're hitting and look at what, if you just stand behind the tee and look at what they have to hit and realize how short it is and how, one, there's people there, but then it's like how far back you are and then how tight everything is and how tall the grass is. And it's the only sport that I've ever had the appreciation. Like I've watched, I've been to an NFL football game. I, mm-hmm. Yes, it looks like it's pretty like hard and fast, whatever, but I have no appreciation for it. You know, But golf, you can, because you can sit. But I'm saying like for golf, like you can go out and play that same course and be like, I can't like that's a 230, 40 yard par yeah. three over a bunker with water off the right. Like, like I'd be like scared to death to hit that ball. Like I'd be laying up with a, a wedge and trying to chip on and, you know, right. So, well, so yeah. So golf also messes with you visually mm-hmm. and on pro courses, people don't realize it's like, Oh, with the, how do they, how do they miss the fairway and this hole? And it's like, sometimes you can't see it. Well, and that sometimes it, it's, it, it slopes sideways. So like, as you go farther out, the angle gets cut down. So yeah. it's like, it's not like here where it's like, well, if you hit it farther, you just hit it farther down the straight fairway. Correct. Everything's kind of angled. And that's why you have back tees. Back tees aren't just farther back. They're angled. It's yeah. A lot of holes. Of course. Yeah. Like when you say you play, um, like the far back tees at Adirondack, like that, those are the hardest tees in, up here. I think from the back tees. hundred percent. Cause like, I, I just I mean, found that out yesterday. I haven't played the back tees there in years. Yeah. They're, and they're back there. Barracks in a couple spots, but the yeah. Barracks is an easier course. Like Adirondack, when you you put a you put a uh, tee box 30, 40 yards farther back with the trees, and now you're forced instead of hitting, you know, a two hundred and twenty thirty yard hybrid club kind of thing, and now it's like you have to hit a driver, but still is narrow. Right. Like, so, it, so yesterday I was I was actually talking to Bryce this morning. And I'm like, you know, I really, really 
Adirondack's tough from the tips. And I said the par fives, which when you play from the whites, I can reach. Mm-hmm. Usually with an iron. Yeah. Four yeah. and five and 12. And, yeah. Um, well, 16 you can get into. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's usually just driver iron. Like four, you know, five, maybe six if I hit it good. From the blues, I had yesterday I had two eighty five on four, and then oh my god, and then on five, and I'm hitting them good off yeah. the tee. Five was over three hundred yards, and I'm yeah. because the, the tees oh, are right way back. That's way back, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it just makes a huge difference. Of course, the guys I'm playing with, they're like, yeah, this is how it should be. You know, you shouldn't be hitting an iron into par fives. Not not with them. I get yeah. it. It depends what kind of iron. I, I've seen. I've seen. Uh, I played there last year uh, with a guy, and he number four hit a nine iron in mm. on. Um, uh, you know Dave Passanel? Yeah. Okay, it was Dave. So oh. I mean, Dave was a good golfer. First, first time I ever played with him, he was a buddy. Not through golf, but I ended up playing, and he hit um, driver nine iron. I think last year mm-hmm. we played for the whites, but um, I think he reached every par five and in two number five he did not hit a driver off of yeah <laughs> he just doesn't try he's like i it's a three hole like mm-hmm. a three shot hole so yeah um but dave's you know he won the masters once and yeah he said that yeah I didn't now he's that. a member at north country i saw that too he uh-huh. lives up in jay-z now so yeah. i was like, so I was I'll, like I'll, I'll play a little bit with you oh, man how does that work <laughs> so i the funny thing with dave is and i i don't know dave from a golf Mm. Like about that's the first time I've ever played golf with him, and he told me he won the Masters North. I'm like, wait, really? He's like, because I knew he had played golf back in high school, yeah. And I I've known him since through other other parts of life, but he so we show up, he's playing. I think it was his first or second round of the year. Shot par up mm-hmm. at um, Adirondack from the whites, and par with like three birdies, three bogeys kind of day. Yeah. And he ended up. I know he eagled 16. So oh. he reached into an eagle. So whatever the, the it ended up being par, and uh, we were on the back back nine. He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "I said, what clubs you have?" He had like a Nike a Nike driver, like Cal, like these like old clubs, like, yeah. like oldish clubs. You know, probably 10, 10 years old. I'm like, where'd you get these? He goes, "Oh, funny story. I was it might have been in college." He goes, "In college, I was uh, coaching this guy, this guy like giving him golf training or whatever, wherever it was. He was he was doing some golf uh, coaching." And, uh, or lessons. So then he goes, the guy's like, oh, we should go out and play. And Dave's like, yeah, I would, but I don't have clubs. So Dave goes, I had to sell my clubs in college for stuff. Like he just, mm. like college kids. So he, right. he literally sold his clubs off for money. Is teach, is giving lessons to this guy. Didn't have clubs. So the guy went, gave him his old clubs, which Dave still plays to this day. Okay. And I think it was so funny because I'm like, which I, part of me is like, I'm more you than that. Like, don't I, like I will typically, if my own set, I like to nerd out a little bit on it. Not yeah. that it really helps my game, but then I'm sitting there and I'm, I'll play with Dave and he's got clubs that he just got given to him and he's played like once or twice and then he goes, I'm like, I really suck. I said, if Dave's just pulling out these clubs and going, you're like, I, I just gotta get better. I gotta go hit my wedges like, like Ed. There's there's somebody else that's just like that and that's Jeff Marsden. I, I, so the only thing I know about Jeff is he's a, he lives in Chasey now. Yeah. And I've heard multiple people tell me that he's the most I don't want to say like uh, natural, but it, whatever. He just his swing can kind of stick with him, and he yeah. never plays. Yeah, never. But he, but he could. I mean, he still stick, right? It's yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he won the he won the Masters, and it seems like we get paired more now than before. Okay. And and we, we love it because it's just like 
friends going out and play. Yeah. And the guy who, whoever's with us, whether it be Graham cook or whoever, it's like, they're the third wheel. <laughs> so we just, we have a great time, but yeah, the, he, he plays like three times a year and he can shoot under 75. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It's just, you never lose. But I mean like the touch, the feel, it's like, it just, yeah. if he played more, I know he has, he has kids growing up and that's, yeah. that's everybody's story. Yeah. Except mine. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm you, an, you don't, do you have kids? I have no kids of my own. I have two step kids, okay. you know, Just, 30 and 28. Oh geez. So they're, they're, they've been gone for eight years plus. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I remember the first time I, I was so excited and I go, I'm going to start playing golf again because I was coaching hockey and then, and she goes, all right. And, um, that lasted two weeks and, she goes, what are you doing tonight? And I said, going to range, going to go, you know, and she goes, great. You know, I don't like this because you have something to do every night. And I'm like, we'll find something to do. <laughs> so <answer>. she, <laughs> she, well, it wasn't the appropriate answer at the time. And so it was just kind of like, well, let's play golf. And she, that's nah, not her thing. I mean, she's okay at it, but yeah. she, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. and so now we we have a, a good balance, I'd say, and I'm um, I'm lucky because she lets me go on these trips alone. Yeah, you know, without her, yep. not alone. But you know, I went to my dad's twice this year without her. Yeah, you know, well, we got two Great Danes. They're yeah. like infants, but they're ten years old. So it's like, uh, and one of them is like a rescue, and he's he's just a little mental, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it like works out and golf isn't, you know, to, so to bring this all back around, it's like I've, I've played golf at some really high, at a high level of, okay, for around here, but I never yeah. played in college on a golf team cause I didn't know how to play them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I love competition. I love going out. Scrambles are just fun and I'm, I'm not a, I'm competitive, but a lot of people, so Funniest story I have with a quick story. I was playing with a client of mine and he, not a real golfer. He's kind of like you, you know, knows the game, has mm -hmm. played the game, but yep. you know, he's an average golfer, yeah. a little bit better than an average golfer. And, um, so we go out and play a tournament and on whole, I remember it was whole 10 and at Adirondack and, um, he looks at me, he goes, God, I thought you were a better golfer than this. And I went, what why what are you talking about it, i we ended up winning the tournament yeah by like three or four so it's like what are you talking about and he goes everything i've heard about you you know we're not gonna have to putt long putts we're not gonna <laughs> have to do anything and i'm like well that's not golf one two um i find that stories become more like folklore like yeah, it's like the they elaborate like catching the big fish yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden it's like i caught a shark and when I, when I caught him, you know, a bass and people tell me that, you know, I remember I was playing with you, you were here and you hit this shot around and I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't know. Maybe too many concussions as a kid in, in hockey, but they, you know, it's just really weird. And, but I remember he's still my client. He goes, I thought you were better at this. And I'm like, that fire you up and just like. No, <laughs> no, because I, I considered who was saying that. And I'm like, you don't know golf. <laughs> he goes, well, wh when you watch TV and I said, yeah, but they only show like the top 20 golfers every week. They're not showing you the guy who's worm burning it down the fairway. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a last place guy every week. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's uh, golf. Golf's a cruel sport. It's it's fun. It's addicting because like you just it, there's so much to get better yeah. at. But yeah. it's also like you get that one shot. I Lake Placid, one of the Lake Placid courses, the one down by the water. Oh, the it wasn't Lake, Lake Placid Club. It was the um, uh, White Face Inn. Yeah, yeah. So the last hole there, it's kind of like a little dog leg right, finishes up by the clubhouse. Little. Is it? 90 degrees. Okay. Yeah. It's severe. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not playing great. I like, it's not that long of a hole from no. the whites. I hit this drive, not a great drive, might be 240 maybe. Like a little, like I kind of hit it, kind of yeah. like the slice ends up on the right side of the fairway. It's okay. Great. I pull out a hybrid. I'm like, I'm only like 225 to the green. This is really short. I hit a hybrid and I hit a good hybrid and it kind of bounced up there. So then I get up and I'm like, Oh, I got like a 20-foot eagle putt. This is cool. There's like a crowd of people out there. I get up and I make the eagle putt. And I was like, oh, wow. And like, I'm not really... And everybody starts... I, all of a sudden, I hear people clapping. Like, what the heck? And like, oh my God. Was that an eagle? I'm like, yeah. And uh, it was for 97. So nice. <laughs> I was like, well, going off on top, tip my cap, you know, toss the ball into the crowd. and uh, But yeah, that was... Uh, it keeps you coming back. It's those, it's those stories. So... I play with so many people that are so negative about their game. They're so hard on themselves. Oh. And it's like golf is not the sport for you then because no. this will teach you anything. So people, so I'm like, I hit maybe one shot around of how I envision it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, this game, you know, and they beat themselves up over it. It's like, y- you know... It's not how good you hit it. It's how well you miss it. Yeah. And that's so true. And somebody told me that a long time ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Was it called managing your misses? or? Well, it's like, you know, it, even if you don't hit it on the sweet spot, you still hit it and it's by the green, but you're not on the green regulation. You're beating yourself up for it. Yeah. My, my, one of my things this year, the wedge thing is one, but number two is I want to try to get to the point where when I'm hitting the ball, I'm missing it in good spots so like i'm not i don't have the i forgot i was reading the tagger woods book so tagger woods had this book about the 97 masters Mm. he was talking about as a kid playing augusta i think it was augusta and he played a practice round or maybe it was a final round somewhere he's playing with a guy and he hit it and the other guy shot better than him and he goes how many holes did you go after and he goes four like on an 18 hole course and tagger went after all of them and of course what do i do mr 12 handicap get up and be like you're pin seeking every time. I'm, I'm going. I'm going hunting. Yeah. So I'll sit there and shoot it. And next thing you know, I'm like, great. I'm three yards off in the tall rough with about two feet of green to work with. So this is good. Good. Good miss, Gallant. Yeah. So my my goal is to be a little bit better at like, okay, play thirty feet away, mm-hmm. hit it. If you happen to miss hit it and it gets pushed or pulled a little bit towards the hole, bonus. Yeah. And I think Jack, I th- read Jack Nicholas was one of those people. You kind of aim at the fat part and try to draw it in. And if he hit it just straight, it was on the green. Yeah. Yeah. So if you aim for the center of the green every single time, I mean the pin can't be that far away from you. No, correct. You know. Correct. And my my so my my idea though is if I'm hitting and I'm gonna say I I know I'm gonna have whatever my miss is, can I at least miss it? So if I miss it, it's on the far side. Yeah. And 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 that that way I can have a little bit. I think this year will be good. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, one of these. I'll, I'll end up seeing you one time this year. I'm like Ed. We're gonna play. We'll, we'll play. Yeah. And you can just kind of just, yeah. I'll I'll play with you and easily drop a few strokes. You just be like, 
why where are you aiming i'll be like i'm aiming there I'm like no aim there I'm like, yeah. okay hit it and then i get up and down like, oh great yeah so i don't change people's swing and i never give advice to people i'm the same i i don't like it because that's the way my friend's father that's what he did to me he it, would or wouldn't would oh I, it, yeah I, I couldn't stand it and that's why i said i'm gonna beat your father in two years because i Every shot I hit, you need to do this and you need to, and I just, you know, I play with my dad's friends and my uncles in Lake Placid and they're like, you know, well, my dad's like, if you want to give these guys any advice, I'm like, no, I'm good. No, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I mean, if if somebody asked me something and it's glaring, I'd be like, I don't know, try this, but like, I'm not going to trust. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to go up and give you advice. I'm like, I don't, I'm not that good. Like, I don't. (laughs) Like I, I'm just kind of one. I'm like I'm I'm playing a game, and I'm like if you're if you're having fun, you're out with buddies, right? It's a good time. Like yeah. that's at this point, it's like I'm out. I'm I'm outside playing golf. Like mm-hmm. I'm good. I could be doing much worse things in life right now. So, um, Ed, we're gonna wrap it up there. We will play golf this year. I'll I'll, I'll shake you down one time. One time. I got I gotta see. You're you're the opposite of me. You're a weekend guy. I'm like five thirty six o'clock in the morning guy. Yeah, that we'll find well, the balance. Probably not. No, I'll have, I'll have to concede the afternoon. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. So I can make time for people. Um, no, don't make time for. I'll, I'll figure it out. No, I'm, it's I'm gonna, it, no. I'm not going to play with you at five thirty in the morning. I'm telling you that. But um, <laughs> I, so no, I weekends are tough with people with families and kids. I mean, I get what it. MDT off typically on the weekends. It all depends on uh, the people I play with. It's not up to me. I'm along for the ride. Okay. I'm the new guy in their group, you know, in the last three years. I'm not. I don't have any say. Because I, I played once last year, like, weekend around. I'm like, great. And next thing we know, we showed up. And then we waited because another guy person came, another person. So next thing we know, we had four people, but we teed off like an hour and a half later. Yeah. So I ended up teeing off at like 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday. And I'm like, not, not, I'm usually like in the car, packed up, ready to okay. go home at 9.30. So, yeah, we tee off at the earliest we ever tee off on the weekends uh, when it's nice out is 9.00. Yeah. And sometimes it goes to 11, but, um, no, like week. So weekdays work. It just, I have to have a little notice Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. and, um, yeah, it'll be fun because, um, I don't take it that seriously when I play with people. Yeah. No, don't take it seriously. No, I'm going to bust. I'm going to bust on you the whole time. That's fine. Just just to do your best. (laughs) I have a thick skin with the group I play with. So, there's the thing I said nobody's ever rattled me in the game of golf it's like I don't mm. take myself that serious so no. nobody else will be able to either but Ed um, I appreciate it if um, I guess business wise if people want to follow, find you how do they do so well they can uh, give me a call obviously 518-561-7000 um, email uh, text you know out in the golf course whatever um, no I you know Northern's a very uh <sighs> Great, great company to work for, and I, I'm very humbled by what I've done there and, and what I can help people uh, to aspire to in the next few years. I mean, I got 10 years left. That's it. Maybe. Maybe. More. No. Okay. No, I, I mean, if they if they need me more than that, then I'll think about it. But Zoom um, call here and there. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be a consultant down south somewhere. Um no, I, I, I think, you know, planning is one of their, their best, um, their, I mean, that that's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, I, I'm very lucky and blessed that I, I worked there in a way because I wasn't a good student. Um, 
I, I didn't apply myself very well um, in college. Well, I had a job at the end. So, yeah. but I think that, you know, when you look at, you know, the team that we got, you know, most of them anyway. Yeah. Well, I know, I know the crowd that circles with you there. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, great people. Yeah. And, right. and, you know, we have uh, 38, nine employees, Yeah. you know, Glens Falls, Potsdam and here it's, it's really, we just have a, we have some really great people and, um, you know, it's, it's not hard to go to work every day. Yeah. You know, I, it really isn't. I, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the, uh, I'm just thinking of the, the, the people that I know that I know are like down in your little area and they're, um, they're fun. So yeah, we didn't are. bust on Bryce too much this one. So no, maybe next time yeah. I, I told him I'd behave, um, because I have some stories. I, well, just cause of time. I, I haven't even told you my Bryce story. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do it off air. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back sometime, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you. So, um, all right. That's it. Episode uh, 189, Galen Trombley Show, Ed Davis. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.